But people ask you if you want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? Hey, this is Manny Beaveros. I bought my first car from Al Mott, a Northway Chevrolet, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And you're listening to the Monday Nooner Podcast. Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to Twirl 124, the Monday Nooner podcast. The pod, as always, brought to you by our two title sponsors, Rosetown, Saskatchewan. That's Mainline GM and Mainline Chrysler, both the original king of trucks, worth the drive every time, guaranteed out there in Rosetown. Not sure what they got for promotions uh, going on right now out at the king of trucks, but we'll have to... uh, chat about it a little bit later on in the show fellas we're back it's our i guess we're kind of finally getting back into the groove a little bit our month off shows are starting to turn into two weeks yeah yeah so what uh what's gonna go down now is uh it's gonna be like check day right you know was it bi-monthly or is that what it is bi yeah. or bi-weekly no bi-monthly no maybe bi-weekly anywho we're gonna go uh we're gonna go we're gonna go close to the first of the month and the 15th of the month. So all you that love check day out there, um, that's how it's going to go down. And yeah, this is the start. We are firing starting in October here, Monday nooners. And then once the senior season starts, the senior hockey top 10, that's coming at you every week. So you know what? Like maybe I, I think Belts is already busy dealing with kids in there. I can see in the No, corner, I'm good. I'm buzzing. We I'm got Belts out of the Lloyd Christmas there with his new haircut. We got yeah, him out of the. I not even. I need, I need a, I need a buzz. I'm just, uh, I'm, I got rink hair. We've been at the rink already for a month. And I've heard you've been at the rink every day for like six weeks. Oh my God. Five-year-olds so going two days. So sick of it. Yeah. Like Mike Reach, hey boys, we're gonna go a couple of day Harry, eh? couple couple bag skates. <laughs> I I see you guys, some of the coaches and and you guys there, and it's not so much that you're there every day, and you really need your own dressing room, your own bunks would be cool. Right. The thing the thing is, is the amount of crap you you got or the coaches haul in. There's like <laughs> oh the stick handling things, the pylons, yeah. the tires, the freaking apparatuses. Like it yeah. is, so, and you got to haul that in. And because for some reason the co-op center doesn't want to open the oh, back doors, God. you got to haul it through the world's longest parking lot. That's usually a wind tunnel. What a yeah. You got bags. It's like you just landed in Canada from another country, and you're like happy to be here. We brought everything with you. Yeah, it's uh, it's awful, and then you, then you got to step into the rink and go through those evaluations. And I think everybody that's uh, listening to this show that has a child that's went through these evaluations this year, you probably know what I'm talking about. I wanted to jump off the Wascana Bridge, but uh, yeah, I you know what, people in Regina, they'll get it. The people that aren't from Regina, they they're not like yeah, it is. Uh, it's I feel so sorry for the evaluators. Ugh. And the coaches that have to go through this, and then the and the guys on the ice too, right? Because they're just they're doing Painful. what they're told. It is oh mind numbing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's awful, and I feel yeah, it's, it's too- terrible. If you're in Regina, you're going to totally understand. If you're not from Regina, you're like, what are you talking about? But yeah, it's uh, it's a bad program, and uh, yeah, what do you do? Could have made some changes last year, but they didn't, and. Uh, carry on when i was growing up all we did evaluations just do the full ice horseshoes 
see how you can oh, snap yeah. that first pass, get the wheels going around the turn, see how you receive a pass, see how you shoot all in one basic drill. Right. And that's all it. The you fundamentals, got the shot, crossovers, shot gate, crossovers, boom, one drill. Bring back the full ice horseshoe. Norman. And, and it wasn't even back in the day, right? It wasn't even so much about mums. But now mums go to the rink and they're like dimed out. Gotta be. They they look so good. They gotta look good, especially for game day. Oh my god! Back in the day, it's like mums. Yeah, they just showed up in like the me the nightgown, ri- rider starter jacket, and a pair of baggy pants. <laughs> Still had the curlers in. Yeah, it was it was nothing like it is nowadays. But um, so hey, we don't have anything for mainline, but let's we should give them a plug because I I, I understand yeah. that. There's a lot of iron coming in now. Chev store, the the Dodge Jeep, Dodge uh, Chrysler Ram, they've had stuff for for quite a while. It's been it's been pumping in, uh, Jeep season, Ram season, all the seasons. Um, and then on the GM side, though, they're start like trucks are starting to come in. Seeing the pictures, Shouty Scotty's doing some promos. You know what they actually got going on, Shink, right now? Qualified buyers on the Chrysler side. 10k in discounts on uh in stock 2022 dodge rams that's what uh shouty scotty was telling us so and you can uh you can call the pre-order any 2023s right now actually i think you're still getting that 750 costco uh membership on the or the costco bonus on the gm side on 2022s and 2023 crossovers equinoxes trains acadias Ooh, this encores envisions enclaves and new uh the new 2023 they're arriving weekly new 2023 acadia denali there's a nice looking vehicle it's a nice ride right Did there you see it yeah all-wheel drive for the winter driving huh. it's a nice rig for a saskatchewan hockey mom for sure going up and down highway seven yeah they got What's um down? yeah they got they said that they got lots of platinum used stuff there too like they got a good warranty on that too. Well, I that's like six months. We talked about that last time, right? Yeah. They're, they, you want to use good used rig, and uh, it comes with the uh, the warranty. They're certified stuff. Oh. Well, and then they got, got high mileage club, right? And like the winter tires too. They say they got they're ready to buzz in the winter tires, but I gotta go into one. <laughs> this is kind of a take a seat, but whatever it pisses me off. So I freaking go in the other day, and I actually like I I'm in where calling. I went to. Uh, so hey boys, I went to a local dealership today. I went in because it's right down the street. I my oil was done. I had to go somewhere to get an oil change. I can't, I couldn't drive to Rosetown today, so I just whipped in there. Quick oil change out the back door, and you know this works at dealership. This is what this is the point. This is my jab. Is that I'm in there and they come in. They're like, "Oh, whole sir, your oil change is done, uh, but you need a you need an air filter. Your engine air filter. Your engine is gonna implode basically if you don't get this in." And I'm like, "Oh my god, really? Yeah." And your cabin filter. It's t- like you, I'll give you a quote quick, and we'll get it all done for you. I'm like. Just get my whole change done, beat it. So I go and I'm like, well, maybe I should change these things, right? I, I, I'm decently handy. It takes me like five minutes. So I go to Walmart, grab the filters. Like you just get them at Walmart, grab the filters, open them up. They're like brand new. I'm like a bunch of pigeons, right? So I like phone there today and I'm like, hey, like this is BS. I'll send you a picture of this one. Like this is bullshit. What if I was a, you're just taking advantage of people, right? It's such horseshit. It pisses me off, but. I know Shouty Scotty and those guys don't do that up there, so go see them. Wait, that's uh, yeah, no, that's what I mean that, though. They don't. They treat to be so good over there. That years. doesn't fly, especially in the small towns, right? Oh, it's it just uh, it's usually good. they'll yeah they'll take out the filter and 
Show see you. any light poking through? Yeah. If you don't see any light poking through, it's probably time to change it. Okay. So that's uh, that's the love right there for Mainline in uh, Rosetown, Saskatchewan, GM and Chrysler stores. Go check them out. Used rigs, new rigs, order your rig. This Acadia Denali, first one to buy that gets Boz's buying him a nooner hat. Sounds sure. like a nice ride. So uh, always happy for the title sponsor. Yeah, let's get going now, boys. Last show recap. And the last show was the legend himself, Ron McLean. Fantastic <laughs> all around. I know I use that word way too much. Drink. But uh, I, I got to say, um, yeah, like the, you know what? What, what do you, so I'll maybe let you guys go first. But we, gotta, took, we took some heat for, for Ronnie. Some guys didn't like, some guys didn't like Ronnie's politics. We told him to take a seat. They could beat it, but he was good. I liked him. He was a, he talks good and it's such an easy interview interviewing a guy like that. Right. He was just a, he was a funny guy. Good guy. I liked him. I've interviewed him before. So it was uh, my second go around with older Ronald, but uh, yeah, classy guy. I had a few, I should say people who weren't big fans of him who said they actually Gained quite a bit of respect for him uh, after listening to the interview. So that's always nice to hear. And hopefully everybody enjoyed uh, enjoyed him. Some good stories. Good radio stories for anybody interested in the broadcasting business. <laughs> okay, so, so the last show recap, first off, brought to you by new sponsor, Total Beauties. Tori in Regina, Sunset Bay, Arctic yep. Spa Dealer. Yep. And then now uh, the boys up in Saskatoon are yeah. jumping on. So it's uh, it's kind of a, a dual threat. Me and, Sh- me and Shink, we're going to get Shouty Scotty to give us a diesel and a big flatbed. We're going to load up some tubs and bring them up to you fellas in Saskatoon. But the Stoon store said, no, we'll hop on. We're going to get involved. So da- you're uh, safe. Yeah. So it's Tori down in Regina. And then it's David uh, Holinati. Holinati from Saskatoon, hockey player, hockey played, guy, played Blazers, little bit of SJ Flynn Flon and Estevan, and He's... then D- Davidson Cyclones wagon in 2013-14 that Holinati was on. Get get these names that he was playing with. This was a good team. Chad, or sorry, not Chad. Yeah, was he there? No, hold on. Derek Allen, good hockey player. Yeah, Cody Danberg, Patrick Say, Kyle Bordas, Carter Smith. Zach Sim, um, like they were, they were stacked. Dave Halt, he didn't play a lot of games, but that was when uh, Davidson had uh, basically the contacts, contacts wagon. But anyway, Arctic Spot, and they both have stock belts for hot. It, you, it's perfect hot tub time. And if you need any, you could probably go to the Saskatoon store. He's probably got his blazer coat still hanging up in the office, the velour front leather arms. You know, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. lots of stock, and the boys are ready to buzz. You, uh, Go in there, make a deal. They'll they'll get you all set up. Yeah, they have tubs and made in Canada in Alberta. So these are the, these are the hot tubs that you want. And if you have never had a hot tub, like especially right now, fall oh, into the, the early winter, it is the best. And then springtime. So Arctic Spa uh, dealers in Saskatoon and Regina. Thanks so much for uh, for them jumping on. Bob, and they got find one. You know what else they got there too, Boz? If you need one, they got smokers, like deadly ones. I was going to say, do they take trades? Yes. They do. Well, they trade for a 2016 Ford Fusion SE. <laughs> <laughs> Straight across. One yeah, for one. For a, for Needs a, a two, tranny. For a 2020, uh, for a 20, a 2001 tub with some half-working <laughs> jets. Uh, yeah, no, they, uh, and, and they have, they have tubs that start like, you know, in that, 
just under 10 grand. So not too much. Oh, and then you get into the, to more of the Cadillac ones. If you want the big swim spas, if you want to get out there with the misses and get a little, Oh swim yeah. That going. thing was a beast. Yeah. But uh, SAS tuner John, so they're, they're on board for the full year and they have tubs go in there. I'm sure if you say the, the Monday nooner sent you, they'll, they'll give you some sort of a discount. They got chemical, they got smokers, they got patio furniture, they got, they got everything. But anyway, back to the Ron McLean on the last show recap, super educational program. We run here, guys, because who in the freaking who no one knew here, Tom Petty was indigenous, learned something. Yeah. I had right? a few people text me about that. They're like so many random facts, <laughs> like Tom Petty being indigenous. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. And then also the other thing was when he was refing and it was a blowout and the series was done and it was <laughs> over and he makes that one call just so things don't get out of hand. And then that team comes back uh, and wins the series. Like, yeah. Oh, fucking what a storyteller. It was good. Yeah. So last show recap. Thank you very much. Um, Arctic spa dealers in Saskatoon and Regina will be talking about them a lot over the next few months. Hey, we might as well get into our uh, come up, right? Come up this week for general, well, servicing, day group of companies, Carnduff, Saskatchewan, they are hiring. They're always hiring and they're looking always. for good qualified applicants. You can make some big bucks, fellas, straight out of high school. Maybe you're working a, a job you don't like making piss all money. Why not go work the rigs for a while, make some big bucks, see Southeast Saskatchewan, Southwestern Manitoba. Tell them the Nooner sent you. If you tell them the Nooner sent you, you're probably auto uh, getting a job. Getting it. Just just that recommendation a resume references just put monday nooner yeah. and you're good you're don't in. embarrass us though like when my brother-in-law got me the job at burger king in saskatoon my first <laughs> ever real job after doing papers and i got fired just don't embarrass us <laughs> oh, no bacon double cheeseburgers oh so <laughs> just the polyester pants would just stink for weeks <laughs> and they made you probably wear. some probably some service rig workers going into bk loading yeah. up after a long shift yeah that Thanks to Fowler and the day group of companies for coming back, coming up on the, on the program, uh, the interview this week, a lot of people are going to remember him. WHL fans from the early eighties, uh, played on that Prince Albert wagon that won the Memorial cup and yeah, coached a lot, still coaching the uh, farm team for the Las Vegas gold Knights in Henderson, Nevada, Manny Viveros or Emmanuel Viveros. Um, nice picture you found of him, Boz. And a great guy just has been around so much hockey, goes back, great storyteller, a lot of fun. And uh, probably, yeah, one of the, uh, I guess, you know, biggest, uh, biggest parts of the pod so far is, uh, you know, he, he tells us about his uh, battle with prostate cancer that was announced last year and how that's kind of wrapping up. So we did this interview a couple of weeks ago, but you're going to love it. Manny Viveros coming up on the interview, senior hockey talk on the backside of the program. We don't want to spill the beans, but controversy guys in the Saskatchewan senior, a Saskatchewan senior hockey team really ruffling some feathers um, with their logo. And um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get into that pretty and then there's some there's some guys moving around some leagues adding teams um so a lot of senior hockey talk and then uh yep take a seat son shout outs all the good stuff uh great western brewing we got the beer deal we already got teams knocking on the door trying to find out so we'll talk about that a little bit later and uh yeah so that's the come up for the general wells servicing and day group of companies hey before i forget 
while we're down in that area, let's give uh, GB Construction a plug and the, the beauties at work there because GB Construction is obviously the sponsor of all the Monday Nooner gear that we give away yep. throughout the winter. So we're working on some stuff right now, guys. And and you guys were kind of picking it out today. You, you can maybe explain it because I sent you guys the picture and I wanted an honest, some honest feedback and you gave it right away. Boz, you like the white lettering. I, I like the black lettering on them. Some I nice like the white. They're like our uh, Canada wagon shirts, I guess. Yeah. But they're in a hat. Would yeah. be the easiest way to do, to describe it to a uh, listener. So yeah, yeah, I think they're nice. I like the white lettering. I think it's more traditional Canada colors. But Canada is kind of going to the white, the red and black with a lot of their uh, national sweaters. So if I sure possible. see uh, I sure see a lot of people around the rink with those those wa- the red wagon shirts on and the nooner hats, and guys are always buzzing. Anybody wear a toque and a hat at the same time or no? I did the other day. Loved it. It was unbelievable. I did it tonight on the ice. It was awesome. L- little known fact about those wagon shirts that we made. Saskatchewan uh, ice hockey legend, goaltender, Kelly Taylor. It's his favorite t-shirt, how it fits. He loves it. I golfed with him up in Elk Ridge last week. We'll get into that story later. He was so, in Lloyd a couple weeks ago for the Lloyd Vegas. It was uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Calgary alumni playing yep. It's a fundraiser because Lloyd's getting a new rink too. Their rink, I guess, is no longer sustainable. Uh, they got to build a new one though. They were told by the, by the surveyors or whoever would decide that. Anyway, he was at this fundraiser <laughs> and a uh, friend of mine sent me a uh, shirt. Malcolm Vanstone. It was, <laughs> I got a Some story about sunglasses him. come up there. Oh, we need a new rink. Yeah, here, he was wearing his wagon shirt. At the uh, festivities, I don't know if he was playing or like emceeing the game. I think he was emceeing. like emceeing it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I know. I uh, got to golf with him at Elk Ridge. Beautiful day, and he was my partner. And I was like, "What are you doing Monday? Nothing." Okay, we'll drive up. So he drives that old green truck up. I can't believe he's like, "We got to help me unload a tra- uh, table." He's got this massive table stuffed in the back of his junk green truck that he drives. So we go to his uh, site. He's got a trailer site there. Get this thing off. We go. He doesn't have a handicap. He doesn't have a, a Canadian golf handicap, right? So I'm like, well, what do you, what do you, oh, I shot 91 here last week, best round ever. So the guys that I'm playing with, him and I partner up, they give him 14 strokes. He shoots like 81. <laughs> Driver, seven iron everywhere, down the pipe. We peeled them for like 60 each. Kelly Taylor, and then Sandbagger. <laughs> he said, he sends a picture. He's got an old iPod. Remember those old iPods? He that's what he that's how yeah. he plays his music. So the guys, uh, Chad and Justin, that we won the money from. He's like, at least buy a new iPod, man. He's like, I'm on my way to the pawn shop in PA right now okay. to use the to use the sixty. <laughs> yeah, great. And fucking Elkridge is just sexy right now. Oh, fall golf up there. Nothing better. We're getting sorry, getting sidetracked a bit, but uh, the, yes, yeah, so that was the come up. We come up for uh, General Well servicing and a lot of senior hockey talk. Yeah, I got some other half. senior stuff coming up too. Some league uh, updates, schedules being released, uh, confirmed teams in some of the leagues. So we'll touch on a few of those uh, this week and then probably some more in a couple weeks when we're back on the old uh, payday schedule. Oh, so yeah, that'll be good. Shout out Synergy AG, local crop input retailer. Brad's got to come to town and meet up with the fellas. He's been telling us for a couple of months, but he's probably busy with harvest. It's been kind of a tough last week or so weather-wise, but uh, crop inputs, farmers, 
start thinking about next year and the uncertainty, I guess, of supply and pricing. Why not lock it in with Synergy AG locations everywhere? How All far over. in advance do you got to get that stuff booked, Boz? I'm not sure. Earlier, the, I'm sure the Synergy AG reps would be able to uh, yeah, give, give you better call. guidelines, but I know lots of people got their fertilizer and stuff for next year and chemical probably uh, there was a shortage too. So call call the office, Synergy AG, have a coffee with them and uh, discuss. That's what I would recommend. You guys got anything this week for shout outs? I got a lot of shout outs. I'll do a couple and then uh, you guys can go and do another one at the end. We have a three shout out limit. So, uh, is that what it is now? Yeah. Well, I think I got four here. One doesn't really count. Do you know that Ravine's coming back? How about a shout out for Ravine? It's actually his son, I heard. Do you remember Ravine back in the day, Bill? So, he probably didn't come to Swift. Well, of course not. He's like an illusion. I think I don't know. Is he an illusionist? illusionist? Sort of weird. Like he was just like scary. You got the looking. rodeo in Swift. That was yeah. It. I went to looking. I went to Battleford Fair. The best thing we got was Dan the Balloon Man. <laughs> just make some dogs and <laughs> elephants, giraffe. <laughs> Dan the Balloon. Man. It was a real guy for sure. The, there so used to funny. be this like it was a song. It was like coming all the man they call Ravine. The- and it was like, yeah, and then he's back, but it's, I guess it's his son. So, and I don't know why that's a fucking shout out, but I have it written down here. Um, I got to give a shout out to uh, this female hockey. We talked about it so many times. Where, like, where this has gone and how good these girls are. So, Roman's in his first Pee Wee. I'm still calling it Pee Wee. I hope no one's offended. Pee Wee tryout. And there's this kid out there and, just there's the uh, there's some of these kids are so good nowadays and there's this one and shooting the puck and i fucking like brett hull like the snapshot and i'm like wow can that kid shoot then i see the braid hanging out the back i'm like that's a girl and then my buddy besides like that's her parents and i'm like no like oh my god uh her name's maria faka so she's a second year um peewee and last year she played as a first year and they played a, and they like, that's that team that we gave the shout out to. They like ran show everywhere. Like they barely lost a game all year. She was one of the leading scorer, but now she's playing with the boys again this year and like has to, has to dress in her own room, which really sucks like that part, but my, and she's big and strong. And uh, yeah, so I got to give, I got to give a shout out to just all the females that are out there playing hockey nice. and then going to play in the co-ed thing. Good on you, because oh, are they talented? And uh, like I said, she has she has the best shot on the team. Yeah, you I'll talk s- about her a bit. You got anything, buddy? No, give her. You got nothing. One month, you got nothing. Yeah, no shout outs. I don't like anybody. Wow, crazy. Besides Stefan, besides Stefan, I give. I always give him a shout out. He's always golfing everywhere. So he's a pigeon. I actually took him and one of our other sponsors out for a round, and I peeled. Uh, you peel the fellas? Did, did some peeling. Me and Stefan were a team, but we'll talk about that later on in the program here this week. Uh, yeah, I got a shout out for not anybody in particular, but a certain tactic that certain people use, and it's one I use, and I got called out on it this weekend, and then I found a lot of people who were on my side. So I was at a wedding at the Turvey Center. Actually, it looked really good in there. I don't know if you guys ever been to a wedding in there. They do a real nice uh, real yeah. nice job. So yeah, Everybody's well, first wedding was there. They had, had six-inch subs for uh, midnight lunch. Didn't go back for the second runner. one. I heard they do a two-time uh, half price on your second one, so <laughs> should have went back. But uh, <laughs> so it's actually to do with the meal. It was incredible. I don't know if like 
the Turvey Center catered it. I think I don't know if they work with somebody or or what. The meal was incredible. Anyway, I did the old walk by to kind of scout out how much room on your plate you want to proportionally give up to the salads and whatever because they had prime rib and chicken, right? So you don't want to screw oh, around yeah. too much early on and then fizzle out potato salad. Like anyway, so did the old scout out. I realized this is a hell of a buffet. Hadn't eaten much in the day. Is there anything you guys would do to like preserve room on your plate? Put the like bun, in, bun the in the pocket. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So I go to put the bun in the pocket and the lady working the buffet is like openly laughing at me. Like couldn't, but then I start getting chirped that I'm putting the bun in the pocket. I'm like, that is like the oldest trick in the book. hundred percent. So surveyed a bunch of people. I bet you 90% of the men in that wedding bun in pocket. Where, best, what, best trick. Did you, did you have a, a, like a sport, sport coat or did you put, did you have like the Sipowitz, uh, like you short the, sleeve dress coat? Yeah. Like the dress, fork and knife. Shirt. Yeah. Did you put them in the, in the? No, you put the butter in there too. Melts yeah. a little bit by the time you get back to your table. Yeah, it's nice and warm. Yeah, goes so, in the Good. I actually bought a suit last year that I only really wear for weddings. So any chance I get to wear it, I'm going to wear it. Well, classic me didn't pull it out till 30 minutes before the ceremony. I go to pull it out. It is just covered in stains from the last <laughs> wedding I was at. Like literally. <laughs> and then a friend of mine is like, oh, just wipe them down, like cold wipe them down. So I did that. And like the whole suit was just like wiped oh. out. <laughs> so I couldn't even wear it. It was too disgusting to wear. So uh, what'd you do? About 20, 20 pounds ago, I had a job that I had to wear a dress shirt and uh, slacks. So I found a pair of pants that fit. And uh, actually <laughs> the button didn't fit, but I just used the belt as the old stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the best story ever. Oh, tight pant guy. Yeah. Oh, the bite. It was broke off. Not that it wouldn't have fit, but anyway. Yeah. Hockey Old skate lace. Safety pin. Fuck. Just a oh, mess. Just anyway, hockey. fun wedding. Bun in pocket. Oldest trick in the book. That's, uh, That's was, that, was that a shout out? I don't know. It was a bit of a rant. I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, my other one is uh, Sastoon Blades. Um, home opener. Great, great crowd. A nice, affordable ticket. They had the whole lower bowl sold out. Then the uppers, they opened it up there at Sastel Center. But they gave um, two busloads from the James Smith Cree Nation came to the game. So I thought that was a classy, classy move by the Saskatoon Blades. Yep. Uh, Tyler Warwick and uh, Hilti, everyone that's involved there. And yeah. And they had the red carpet for the, for the kids as they walked in. And the younger kids were getting autographs. Just... Uh, yeah, ticket prices were good. So Saskatoon Blades, shout out to them and, and everyone involved there. Can I do something really random right now? I, I don't have an appropriate time for this. It's even more yeah. random than the, the uh, bun and pocket. Bun and pocket. It's also from the wedding, but uh, I'll just play this for you. And you guys tell me if you've ever heard this before. Okay. Okay. It's only a four second clip. And I'm Vanessa. Yes, you are. I didn't hear it. Did you hear that? No. Harry? And I'm Vanessa. Yes, you are. Can you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Ever heard that before? Uh, no. I don't think so. Okay. Have you ever heard of the uh, TV program? I think it was called One Saturday Morning. It was like a bunch of short little shows that played on Saturday mornings on ABC, maybe? No. Ne- never heard of that? Are you high right now? No, I'm not. No. <laughs> so I'm at this wedding and my buddy's 
girlfriend her name is vanessa and i was pretty hammered up and i'm like and i'm vanessa yes you are and like nobody at the wedding had heard this except for me and i found it on youtube and i'm like somebody out there i figured barney would have heard of it before but no like this I'm... guy dressed up in drag kind of he's like and i'm vanessa i, Not... would, I was gonna take a stab in the dark with like fucking three's company like okay episode it's, yeah. it's called the flynn diggory do i think was the guy's name <laughs> Oh my god, man! Somebody out there tonight. Somebody out there. If anybody has seen that, tweet us or message us or something. Because I think I might be the only person in the world that's seen the show. Because you know when you Google something, like you'll get a bunch of results. Only two things come up on Google, but one of is a, is a clip of it from YouTube. So, and that was the show that Boz was on acid. Flynn <laughs> Diggory, do I thought one of you would just at least it would. Ring no, I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, done I, for a while. A guy, a guy sent a DM. He wanted he wanted a shout out. Um, for a guy who's uh, had a team, a uh, rec hockey team, going since 1974. Oh wow, Ipsco Ignatz. Uh, they also play out of the old Agrodome here in Regina. Um, yeah. So just uh, they wanted a shout out since 1974. Steel boys. Good job. Good job. Sounds like uh, the Lloydminster never sweats. It was a good. Senior hockey, like old people hockey team, they had played forever too. And they got their, uh, they bought all their liquor from uh, the uh, was it the box liquor box? Yeah, in great Vermillion. spot, great spot, love it. That was shout out for uh, Synergy AG. Let's get into our interview. Let's get back on the uh, straight and narrow, or is it straightened arrow belt? Straightened arrow. <laughs> uh, the interview <laughs> for Revibe. Men's Health Clinic in Saskatoon and Regina. I had guys message us after the last episode and be like, what the heck? And I said, yeah, look it up. If you have any problems in the old bedroom or on the workbench um, and you just it it doesn't perform like it used to, it's uh, you can get rid of the blue pills if you take those and look it up. It's a few treatments and they're going to get the old uh, Johnson rod right back in tip-top form. Dead serious. Revive Men's Health Clinic in Saskatoon and Regina. Like 90% of the guys that listen to this show, that is the demographic. This is perfect. So don't be embarrassed. Go look it up on your mobile device. And then go talk to uh, Dr. Mula. Get a little consultation. And it's actually not very expensive. It's like three treatments. And you are a rock star. And then if you need the uh, vasectomy, gentle procedures. Freeze it up. It's the gift that keeps on giving right there. Oh. Can they add like, they probably can't, can they add like length to it too? Or is it just like. Stretch it out. Yeah, can no. we, can no. we inject? No, they're just going to make it, uh, uh, you know, do its thing. Perform like, better. Like it's supposed to. Yeah. If you wear a hat and toque, you probably don't even have to worry about using that thing. So. <laughs> That's probably on the door. No hat and toque spot on this point. Don't even need the vasectomy. (laughs) You walk in with a hat and toque. He's he's going to say, You're good. You you can leave. You don't need it. That's uh, so good. Yeah. So, like (laughs) I said, this guy played uh, for the Prince Albert Raiders the inaugural season in the WHO, and they moved from the uh, junior A ranks. And then he was a part of the team that won the Memorial Cup up there in Prince Albert. Iconic time. A lot of people are going to remember that. Like I said, that fans of the WHL back in the day. And then he went on to uh, a cup of coffee 
in the NHL, drafted by the Edmonton Oilers when they were a wagon. And he gets into that and he was like, I knew there wasn't a spot for me here. And then he turned uh, to a long stint in Europe and then got into the coaching game and coached the Swift Current Broncos to the Western Hockey League Championship a few years ago. Went up to Edmonton, coached a young Connor uh, McDavid, and then... Jesus, you're giving his full bio here or what? I don't know. Did we go through it? (laughs) Anyways, here he is. Beauty. All-around beauty. And then uh, he has one of the most important messages ever in the history of the Monday Nooner podcast when he talks about his prostate cancer battle. Here he is. From Henderson, Nevada, with his wife uh, by his side, having a good chuckle, Manny Viveros. Monday Nooner podcast, like we talked about in the uh, in the intro here. You you people up north in the Prince Albert area are going to remember this. Well, no, in the Saskatoon. Uh, Swift Current. Guy, yeah, talking to a guy Speedy from Saskatoon Creek. that remembers him playing. Um, and as the old saying goes, uh, Manny Viveros, you can't spell paradise without PA. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much for hopping on the Monday nooner <laughs> guys. Thanks for having me. That's uh, I've never heard it described like that, but that's awesome. I just absolutely love it here. Actually, quite honestly, in the summertime, it is, it is paradise up PA in Northern Saskatchewan is absolutely beautiful. So okay, we use before we get kind of going on the pod. So what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite golf course, Northern Saskatchewan? Is it Cook? Is it Waska Sioux? Where do you where do you uh, like swinging the wrenches up there? Geez, you know I lost a lot of money on both those places, but probably my favorite is Waska Sioux. I think it's a gem. It's, a, it's one of the best kept secrets in in Western Canada, and uh, it, uh, it really is a beautiful place. So you were saying your wife is from PA? Yeah, born and raised in Prince Albert. I. I met her in, uh, in junior hockey uh, when I went there, and uh, she's been dumb enough to stick around me for all these years here. So she's um, a saint, and and like I said, uh, Prince Albert and Saskatchewan have some really we have some real strong ties. In laws, everybody, all from Saskatchewan. When was the last time you were in uh, PA just to, to visit? Do you remember? Did you know the last time we were there was when PA made that cup run. Uh, they had beat uh, uh, Vancouver in the finals there, and we had went up for game uh, three and four, I believe it was game four, uh, three and four in Prince Albert. We got a chance to go up there. It was nice to get up there and see some people I haven't seen for a long time. Right on. So let's get into some fun stuff here, because you know, like you said, uh, you know, podcast a lot of listeners in Saskatchewan and 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 the Western Canada and all that, and we do have quite a few in the states that are gonna gonna know who you are uh, with uh, you know what you're doing now but when we go back so you're uh, you're you're born in uh, St. Albert um you know a, as a kid were you, all your all your days as a kid there do you kind of centralize out of there and play all your hockey there yeah and no, I played everything um all my minor hockey uh till I was 16 in St. Albert uh, I had played up till my first year midget hockey and then I had uh, joined the St. Albert Saints at the time uh, which was, uh, you know, at that time, one of the, you know, the stronger uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League teams that would rival the old Prince Albert Raiders in the tier two days or Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. They always seemed to play each other in the Western Conference. I ended up playing there for 10 days and uh, Terry uh, Simpson and Rick Wilson, um, you know, recruited me and uh, they came uh, came to my house and uh, they convinced my mom to let me go. And uh, probably the best decision in my life was uh, I had uh, four, uh, you know, Wonderful seasons and great, great experience in Prince Albert. So were you 16? I was 16 that first and year. What did you know about Prince Albert at, at 16? Well, you know what? I had a, I had a couple uh, 
guys from St. Albert, Dave Holden and Dave Kendall, were also, I played minor or midget hockey with there. They were also on their list. They went there ahead of me. So they kind of filled me in on Prince Albert. And they said, the biggest thing that we do every night is that we used to go to the country kitchen and drink coffee and talk. <laughs> and the country kitchen hasn't been there for probably 25 years. But true and behold, that's what you did. Uh, like back then, there was no internet. There was, you know, if you're lucky to get into a movie, but that's what you did. On if you didn't have schoolwork, you'd go to the country kitchen and sit around, and that's where people kind of hung out for a while. I want to go back quite a bit before that? 1979, you played in the Quebec Pee Wee tournament. Oh, what, do you, what do you remember about that? Um, well, getting suspended. Um, <laughs> Oh. We had uh, we had the team from St. Albert. We had a pretty good team. I think, yeah, we ended up, uh, we went back there, and I think we played Barry. I don't know who it was, but we got, uh, we kind of got, uh, you know, kind of beat up our last game or second last game to get knocked out of. I can't remember where it was like that, but things got a little bit heated, and there was kind of, uh, you know, there's some rough stuff going on and stuff like that, and I think there was three or four of us uh, that were suspended for the following game we never went there and i don't think saint albert went back there for a year for a few more years so after that so um in all you know uh but being in playing in that old quebec policy that was incredible at 11 12 years old to see the stands full and unfortunately that's where we got kicked out too <laughs> what uh what were the other kind of uh we call them weapons or what were the other kind of uh pretty good players around your area that you would have played against growing up, uh, you know, in that, maybe that peewee bantam oh, and all that. Geez. You know what? Um, again, uh, guys like just the St. Albert team that we had ourselves, we had Todd, the late Todd Ewan. Uh, I grew up playing minor hockey with him, um, you know, and got to know him quite well. Todd Carnelli was also, uh, you know, second round drafter from Edmonton Oilers. We had played together all the way through midget and we kind of went our separate ways. He went to Kalmus. I went to Prince Albert. Um, then there was, uh, um, Rob Brown, who was Rob just yeah. a couple years younger than me, but he always seemed to, you know, like he, he knew where Rob was. He was always right on our heels and stuff like that. And he ended up playing, uh, you know, young, young age in Western hockey, an incredible hockey player. Another kid named Greg Hoggett. Um, another guy played a long, long current national hockey league too, but these are the, these, you know, the kids that have gone through there. I grew up in St. Albert watching guys like Troy Murray, uh, Mark Messe when he first played, uh, junior hockey at that age before we went to WHA and then obviously with them at the Oilers. So there's such a long hockey, uh, you know, tradition out of St. Albert of so many great players, Jerome McGinn and, and so on and so forth. So, so many players, uh, but also through the Edmonton area, um, you know, there's Mark Tenorides I played against, uh, Danny Hodgson, Dave Pazines, uh, you know, Ray Podlowski, a great friend of mine late, uh, you know, of course he's passed away a few years ago, but uh, there was some great talent to come out of that Edmonton area. That's, that's so awesome. So, you know, we kind of, we're going to go down the WHL because you, you weren't the biggest guy, man. And you <laughs> played, you played in that era. And uh, I, was, I was talking to a guy that remembers uh, Rene Benoit and, you know, he, he was, he was younger. He's a rink rat around the old, uh, what was it? It's our house now, but it was the communiplex. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, like, what stories stand out like that, you know, where you would maybe go into the old barn in Saskatoon or Moose Jaw or wherever, and there were some tough teams. Well, I, I remember, well, here's one story. Terry Simpson told me this. Um, this was actually my third year, I think in, in, so, but I think we, or maybe my second season, I can't remember, sorry, I don't know exactly what year it was, but I had come off, uh, we're going on the ice for training camp and I had come off and we, and at that time you put your jerseys on the bench, you come out in with your, just your shoulder pads on 
And there was a scout up at the Communiplex, and they said, who the hell is this skinny kid? How the hell do we even bring this kid to camp? He said, no, that's Emmanuel Vibro. So he's been with us now for three years. Right <laughs> even after we won the Memorial Cup. So needless to say, this scout was, I think he was, was fired right after that too. <laughs> oh, that's but that. but but in 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 all fairness to the scout though, guys, I was I was maybe 150 pounds soaking wet. I got drafted. I think it was 155 soaking wet. And I played my first maybe my first year as a pro around that weight till I got up to you know put on some weight after that though. But um, you, you I played scared. You had to play scared. Yeah, you really did. Like you had to, you just didn't want to get hit and you made sure you're, you know, as far as quickness, uh, knowing who's on the ice and, you know, getting back to the old Saskatoon barn. That first year we had played in the Western Hockey League. We had, I think we, my God, we were there that first year. I think we only won 10 or 11 games as inaugural season of Western Hockey League. And uh, so, you know, Terry had a, a list of players of, it was me, Danny Hodgson, Dave Pazine, uh, Tony Grenier. We were all 17, 16 years old and uh, a really young hockey team, an inexperienced team. And we went into Saskatoon. And that's where they had the Joey Koshers. They had, that team was built to win at that time with everybody else, the Screwlands and all that kind of stuff. And that old barn. And they showed us no mercy. Uh, no mercy. They gave us no quarter. And you kind of had to, like I said, you had to be, you had to be, quick and, and it's amazing if you're scared how fast you can skate <laughs> one of those cars and stuff like that so, but having said that guys um that first season uh where we took our lumps and you know and you, you did no matter how big you were you had to fight that's just the way it was those days you know you certainly fought him within your weight class and for me it was kind of hard to find anybody in my eight my 155 but you had to just kind of defend yourself and if you're able to do that you're able to you know gain some respect from the league but I remember talking with Danny Hodgson and Tony Grenier and and all those guys I went through that first year. And they said, we'll never forget how this year has felt. Never forget. And I think that kind of really drove us to that second year where we had a pretty decent season. But that third year, it was kind of magical how we had that run with the Memorial Cup. Yeah, you guys, you got it together quick, right? Like 85 year winning the Memorial Cup. To somebody, uh, you know, listening now who didn't witness that team, how would you describe that championship winning team? Tough, tough and skilled. Uh, we had, you know, and that's the way the game was played back then. Um, but we had, I think we had 14 players drafted uh, or signed pro contract, which is pretty well unheard of from junior hockey uh, nowadays. But uh, we were, we could do whatever you needed to do. Like we could, uh, we had guys like uh, Danny Hodgson's, uh, Kenny Morrison's, um, uh, Tony Grenny's like these guys could flat out score. They were so skilled. And uh, I was lucky enough to kind of compliment those guys in a lot of ways. And, you know, you kind of give them the puck and let them do the rest. And I, you know, kind of, kind of just followed on what they did in that. But also having said that, if we needed to, you know, you know, if you, if you really got mean and play a physical game, we had the guys, we had Kenny Baumgartner, Dave Manson's, uh, you know, uh, Brad Bennett, you know, these type of guys, Colin Fazer's, uh, all these guys that were skilled hockey players, but were, 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 you know, had an edge to them too. So that made us, it was a double-edged sword where we could play any type of style that you wanted. Okay. So you go to the Memorial cup. The first game you played was against you. again, you lost six, two, yeah. you beat them in the final six, one, like six days later. So what happened in that six days to go from getting <laughs> shit pumped to, to laying it to them in the final? Well, Terry and Rick certainly let us know after that game. And, you know, I think for it more than anything is that we were just kind of, uh, 
you know, I wouldn't say awestruck, but we were just kind of, everything kind of got us. Like we got there and we just didn't know what to suspect, whatever. But after that first game, um, we certainly knew that the group that we had and we were a veteran team, um, and we, we knew what we could be. And I think that biggest turning point was playing Sault Ste. Marie. Um, you know, they had, uh, they, they were supposed to be the team throughout uh, uh, that whole tournament all through Canada. I think they're ranked number one all the time, but they also had Bob Grover. Um, oh. And they had some other guys also too. So um, Kenny Baumgartner stepped up to the plate on that and handled himself very well. There was, uh, uh, I don't know if you go back on YouTube, but you can still see the fight where they're in the penalty box where Probert's on top of him and Ken's underneath the bench in the penalty box and Probert's trying to hit him, but Ken's head's underneath the bench kind of <laughs> moving. And you'll see it on YouTube, guys. You'll find it somewhere in the archives, but it is hilarious. Um, and that's just how our team was. And, we, you know, we did very well against them. And after that, we kind of just breezed, breezed right through that our confidence uh, just kind of, uh, you know, picked up again. And we really believed that we were, you know, we could, you know, play any style, and we did. This is more of a comment than a question but i just watched that bob probert documentary a couple weeks ago i think it's a few years old geez did that open my eyes to obviously i hear stories of bob probert back in the day but man was that eye-opening crazy with that team team, manny and i know i'm from swift too i played there you coached there scotty krueger how good was he oh geez guys yeah you know what scotty ended up being in my last season with me uh scotty and i were great friends um, you know, he came in as a young guy. I was uh, as a 19-year-old. Uh, it was our fourth year. We had just won the Mora Cup the year before. And Scotty came in, and he, here's a guy we talk about being undersized. And but could this guy play? You know, the vision that he had, and and he was a tough little bugger, like too. He didn't uh, shy away from nothing like that. He certainly wasn't going to fight, but he certainly you weren't going to push him around. And S- Scotty was kind of a kid uh, that kind of took over where a, a skilled player like Danny Hodgson kind of took over a centerman, a uh, very cerebral, great passer, can see the game well. And he did that too. And he was just, you know, uh, you know, he was going to turn into be a heck of a hockey player. And it's certainly unfortunate what happened after that. I still remember where I was. I was in my first year pro with the Springfield Indians in the American Hockey League. And our goaltender, Royden Gunn, who I played with also in Prince Albert, came up to me back then. There was no social media. Yeah, and uh, he just says, "I heard there was a terrible accident that happened uh, in uh, in uh, Swift Current, and you, at that time you couldn't find out in real time what was going on. It took some while like that, but it certainly, you know, certainly hit home to all of us." What uh, what was it like, and what do you remember playing against a, a real young Wendell Clark? <laughs> um, I, I learned how to spell his name real quick because I ended up seeing the, the back of his name quite a bit. Um, I was dumb enough one time to, to get into a shoving match with him, and it didn't last very long. Um, but, you know, Wendell was, Wendell was one of the guys that's, you know, pound for pound. I always say he's one of the toughest players to play against, uh, whether it's in junior hockey or national hockey, pound for pound. And, uh, you know, but Wendell was also fair. Too. Like he wasn't a guy that wouldn't uh, go out of his way to give you a cheap shot. But if you had your head down, he's certainly going to finish his check. And I uh, certainly respected him and he respected me too, which was really good. Uh, but he was, he was, he was, he was special. So he, sorry, go ahead, Shane. No, I was just, I was just gonna, I was just gonna go to the draft Barney. If you want to go there right now, is that all right? Yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead. So you get drafted 106 overall in, in the 84 draft to the oil. That was first overall, hundred first over in the sixth round. First over in the sixth yeah. round. <laughs> so I mean, the oil got kind of a 
you know, they're starting off, oh, they got a wagon back then. So what, what did you, what were your thoughts and stuff getting, you know, drafted to there? Hundred and five Habshide. Hundred and five of the Habshide story, yeah. yeah. Hundred and five picks after Mario Lemieux, right? Uh, right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Like really. But for me, I was from that being that area, uh, you know, that was a dream come true. Like it really was. Uh growing up uh, watching the letters and it, just being knowing everything about their history. Uh it was a real dream coming true. And I had an opportunity to go to two different camps there, but there wasn't a whole lot of chance of making that off. Talk about talk about like going to your first camp or yeah. obviously you must have memories of going there in the 84, 85, or whatever the year was and being a little starstruck, I'd imagine. Oh, just walk just walk into the building itself and you're seeing guys like Mark Messe that you grew up watching and and you know, um just Grant Jarrett's going Gretzky. Um being and, and I remember telling all everybody coming back and telling everybody from junior hockey is that seeing Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry up front uh, and how good they were and just alone in practice, like they separated themselves even on on an incredible hockey team. Don't forget they had guys like uh, Messi and Anderson and, and Paul Coffey, but to watch these guys uh, just practice and when they turned it on, uh, it was it, it was a team that was you know. Uh, ahead of his time, so to speak, as far as they, they broke that mold, as far as how the game was supposed to be played like that. And it was, it was incredible. I was, I was in awe. I really was in awe. So did you think you were, like you mentioned how small you were and obviously you're putting up points in PA, but were you expecting to get drafted that day? No, I certainly was. I actually, quite honestly, I thought I was going to get drafted higher because uh, I've been told that, uh, you know, um, you know, teams were going to you know, obviously t- take a chance on me a little bit higher, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it doesn't matter where you get drafted. If you get that opportunity, you got to make the most of it after that. But certainly at a, at 155 pound defenseman in the 1980s, sixth round is not too bad. <laughs> um, let's go to the, uh, the 86 world juniors. Um, is that, th- that was in Hamilton? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. So you guys, uh, you guys pick up silver, uh, lost to, uh, yeah, Russians won. You guys lost to the Soviets. Uh, sorry, Soviets and uh, and the Czechs. What do you remember about about that tourney, Manny? Probably one of the most uh, bitter moments of my career. Um, just being at home and having an opportunity to to you know have the game an opportunity to win that game, and we didn't, and we didn't play well as a team. And that's one of the most bitter moments that I have. Uh, in my career, I've been fortunate enough to have an opportunity to play on a lot of championship teams, whether it's been coaching or as far as as a player uh, here or in Europe also too. But that's it's a real bitter moment to me. Quite honestly, I've never watched that Russian game ever again. I'm so mad and uh, kind of put it in the back burner. But uh, and certainly got to move on. But it's a moment that uh, you had an opportunity, one game to win the gold medal in your hometown i think we set the record for for hockey attendance in hamilton because of the new building i think it was close to twenty thousand, and it set up for just you know everything perfect and we laid an egg who did the soviets have then oh god uh valerie mcgillney mcgillney no uh, mcgillney's younger uh not Harlemov, oh my God. Uh, Kamensky, Valerie Kamensky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Harlemov is a lot older than I am, but I still remember those old traditional numbers, yeah. but Valerie Kamensky. Makarov? Uh, uh, no, Makarov was younger. I think Makarov was a little bit younger also, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah there's... I, I'd have to look it up, though, but I know Valerie Kamensky was yeah. there. What, um, how, do you, how do you end up in it with the Minnesota uh, organization? Well, at the World Junior Tournament. Um, I was there and uh, we were doing a morning skate. Uh, we we're doing a stretch around center ice and Terry Simpson came over to me and says, Hey, 
just gotta let you know you just got traded to Minnesota. Okay, that was it. So that was that was it. And, you know, never heard nothing till after the tournament. That was that was that was it. it was just okay, thanks, Terry. And obviously at that time I got informed later on in the day from uh, Lou Nanny. Uh, at the time, was a general manager in Minnesota that gave me calls. So, eighty-five, eighty-six season with PA. You guys have a deep playoff run. You play twenty playoff games, and then you play those games with Minnesota. Were that were those at the end of the year, or you no, played four was, games middle of the year? Was, that was yeah in January. That was after the World Junior Tournament. Um, actually, we were on the on the West Coast. We were in Kamloops, and. Um, Terry had called me, uh, like, I, I don't know what time it was. I think it was like 10 o'clock at night. He called my whole room and he says, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, what's going on here? I'd like, uh, hopefully I got to get traded. So I went down to the restaurant. He sat there and said, listen, uh, Minnesota wants to sign you. Um, this is what they're offering. Um, and uh, I think it's a really good deal. You should take it. And at that time, my Terry was working with my agent. And, he's just, and I trusted Terry like he was everything. He, whatever he said and my family trusted him too and when he said it's a pretty good deal I said you should think about it and we should do this so I uh, said so yeah okay let's do it and then um, next morning I got a call I think it was like six o'clock in the morning he gave me a call to so get down here so what he says you're going to Minnesota so what he said no you're going to Minnesota you're going to play you're supposed to play tonight so <laughs> I'm in Kamloops they're in, uh, uh, they're, I think they're traveling to Kelowna. So I have to get the Kamloops to, to Victoria or to not Victoria, to Vancouver and then fly all the way to Minneapolis. So I, 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 I just, my mind's going. So, but I have my stuff on the bus already underneath the bus. And Terry, uh, like our whole team had all this stuff underneath the bus, our suit bags. And Terry and I were the, on the World Junior team together. And we both had the Team Canada uh, suit bag. So I go grab... The suit bag, Team Canada, but it was Terry Simpson's suit bag. <laughs> I get in a taxi. I get up going to Vancouver. <laughs> Terry's on the road for another two weeks with my clothes, and I get I get to Minnesota, open the suit bag, and I've got this forty year old guy's clothes, suit clothes. <laughs> How was it? Was it pretty? Were you swimming in it, or you know, was you? Oh, I didn't wear it. No, I just oh, wore it. I, I said I said, listen, this is what happened, and. And I went the next day, uh, went and bought some new stuff like that. But I remember Terry calling me. Uh, he got a hold of me. I, even back then, there's no phone calls, but he could track me down and he just F bombed me for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the show now, buddy. <laughs> so, so did you play that night? Like, did you get the first I, I game? I played that night. I played that night. We played against the Washington Capitals. First and, NHL uh, game. Yeah. And I just got out and never know the coach just like, just all over the place, but it was, it was, it was good. It was good an experience. So we, we've asked a lot of guys about, uh, you know, their signing bonuses and what that. So you got to, you got to spill the beans. How much, what, what was the deal worth? And what was the first thing that you bought with that when you signed? Oh, geez. I, I, my signed for $40,000, which was pretty decent for a six rounder back then. Um, like anything, I bought a car. What, what, okay. What kind of car? I bought, and I think it was an 84 Corvette. Uh, oh, my, my, my bill at the time, Al and Erna bought, uh, Al worked at, uh, uh, downtown, uh, Prince Albert at a dealership, a GM dealership down there. And they had, uh, an 84 Corvette. It was an 84 and I think 83, they just came out the second year like that. And it's been sitting there for a long, long time. And I always looked at this thing. I thought this thing was awesome. And he came in one day, he says, uh, says, well, I'll give it to you this price. And I said, why not? I need a vehicle. I had a, I, I had a Horizon. Um, 
<laughs> two years before that, a four-door horizon, and I had no handles left on any of the doors. I had to unroll the window because it got so cold in Prince. I would go back for road trips. You open up the handle, all the handles are breaking. So, so that was my so first you, vehicle. Were you buzzing the vet around in the wintertime up there too? Yeah. Was, no, that's wasn't, wasn't too smart. No. Oh, <laughs> I think I think the better like the better story is there was a Corvette dealer in downtown Prince Albert. A Corvette yeah. would last about two seconds in downtown Prince Albert nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, everybody from PA, we still love you. Um, you, uh, you know, you, you, I think you only score one in one NHL goal. Yeah. And okay, so take take us take us through. Yeah. It, it was actually against Glenn Hallen against Detroit. Um, yeah, it was what I remember is I coming in late on the zone. I got the puck when puck went low to high and I just let a shot go through. I thought it was a bomb, but it was more of a flutter, but it hit post one post and actually a pretty good wood. And I think it hit both posts and went in. And, uh, that was my first and only NHL goal. So, um, give the puck. Yeah, certainly do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right on. Um, uh, Herb Brooks coached you. Yes. What's what, give us, give us your favorite Herb uh, Brooks story. You know what? Um, Everything that you like going back later on watching the movie, the miracle uh, and what they did on as far as uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Russell, uh, first name. Kurt. Kurt. Yes. What he did was was amazing. Like it, 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 That was him uh, to a T. And he was so ahead of himself as far as the game, the modern game it was incredible. Like the stuff that he was doing in practices that we had with Minnesota at that time was um, you get a fast forward 10 years now you know or to the to the oilers were you know that that type of style like that but his idea of practicing and the flow of the game and stretching guys and stuff like that he, he was actually brilliant he was really uh, impressive to listen to him but we just didn't have a team you know we had some older heavier guys back in that time like that but he was way ahead of himself uh, as far as the way the game was going in that and uh, i really liked him he was an incredible man to listen to when he spoke he had your attention um, and, and you know what? He liked me. Like he really, really liked me as a hockey player. Um, and he says, I understand you're a small defenseman, but that's the way the game's going eventually. And I understand what skill love you have here. He says, when, if I'm going to be here like that, I said, you're going to have every opportunity, uh, to make this hockey team. And unfortunately he ended up getting fired and they brought in Pierre Paget uh, the following year. And then I really didn't get a, really a, much of a look after that. Any like uh, you know, because in in the in the movie he kind of plays some mind games with some guys, and we we've all had coaches that that do that. But like any any stuff like that, like off the ice, where he challenged guys, or you know, guys that were. Yeah, he he had a, he had some like uh, off days of skates where um, we certainly didn't understand, but we certainly had bag skates, which didn't really fly well with a lot of the veteran players. And I think a lot of the veteran players. Um, as far as the mental part of how he used to deal with, with everybody and how he's handling the players, it didn't fly at all. For me at that age, I could care less. Like I'm just trying just happy to be there, but it certainly didn't fly. And I think that kind of, um, uh, you know, certainly shortened his time in that organization. But as you see later on of the years where the teams that he went to and how the players spoke of him later on, you can see the acceptance of that type of coaching and, and which is brought into you know, a lot of how coaches are nowadays. What was, uh, I know it was just 20 some games. What was playing with Dino Cicerelli? Like obviously a hall of fame career on those teams. You know what? He, he's, uh, he's like one of those, those guys, like it's like one of those, uh, put a dog in a fight and he, and he's not coming out till he, he either wins or he's going to, you know, get something, a pound of flesh out of you. 
like he competed hard every single day and he got abused like he's not he wasn't a big man and and you know those days going in the net, uh, front of the net uh they're gonna get abused and he stuck his nose in it. he scored a lot of goals in those very uh, dirty areas like that too and he he uh he paid the price and he those goals that he scored were were not 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 easy goals you head over to europe and you have an impressive uh, European career playing and, and then coaching and, and a lot of time in Austria. Um, it's funny because it's like the third pod in the row that I'm going to bring it up. But did you know Duncan McPherson? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. I did know Duncan. Um, Duncan and I played uh, junior hockey together uh, against each other in Saskatoon. Duncan and I played together uh, my first year in Springfield, the Springfield Indians. Uh, that year, they were split with the uh, New York Islanders and the Minnesota North Stars were split together. So Duncan was down there. They sent him down. Duncan was a first-round draft pick. Um, he was, uh, you know, obviously an ex-Saskatoon uh, blade. Uh, a good friend of mine, Randy Smith, Saskatoon guy. Former guy. Uh, Smitty. Smitty. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a legend. Cheapest man on earth, but he's a legend. I love him. <laughs> oh, he's going to be listening. He listens to this. Oh, good. good. And... Uh, but he was with the Minnesota organization. And so um, I got, you know, about half a season to play with Duncan. And then when I ended up going over, uh, uh, over to Europe and Austria, I remember getting a call from Mrs. McPherson while we were over there. And they said they possibly heard, uh, they could possibly, uh, you know, sighting of Duncan. Um, what had happened was that they had found someone who had, uh, uh, American citizen, they don't know was American or Canadian, had ski was skiing, banged his head, doesn't know who he was. And what had happened was is that uh, I remember Ken Missile was with me at the time. We were in Austria, he played with me. Um, the police had brought this one particular individual um, over to our place and they asked if you know if you recognize this young man. And and I said right away, that's not Duncan. Uh, Kim said also to Kim Newell, so that's not Duncan. So I unfortunately had to call Mrs. Uh, McPherson back. This is Mrs. McPherson um, from I know Duncan. That does not even resemble him at all. If there's any way you can get some dental records or do some DNA, but that wasn't him. And unfortunately, we, we all know what happened. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a close frick. I remember uh, that. I remember that whole uh, amnesia kind of story and, and it, it had first started out though i remember uh roger corko was over there also too and and, and roger and i have played uh, also that first year uh in springfield he was also with the new york Islanders organization and roger was playing um uh, in a place in germany and we had kept contact and you know we were trying to trying to help out and get to you know put the word out try, try to find duncan and stuff like that but uh, no real sad story so then uh, you get into coaching over there and it, it, so do you, do you raise your, your, your family there in, in Austria yeah. and around Europe? Yeah, no, my, uh, Lori and my boys, uh, my uh, oldest boy, Lannon was born there. Uh, Lane was born in, in, in St. Albert, but he's, you know, they grew up, they played their minor hockey in, in Austria all the way through. They went to Austrian school. Um, you know, we put them in Austrian school um, and then when we came back to Canada during the during the off season, we went to you know uh, a school back here in Alberta, back in Alberta. So they kind of got the, the you know kind of the best of both worlds, so to speak. But um, and then when they got old enough, my wife would homeschool them. Um, uh, you know, just we wanted to get one curricular. Uh, we just homeschooled them from from North America. We were able to do that online, which was uh, uh, was really good. And my wife was a trooper to be able to do that with two teenage boys. Um, my youngest son ended up playing in Portland for four years. 
Uh, he went to play with the Winterhawks when they had their uh, those years when uh, I think they won they won the championship, went to the finals, and they're always you know one of those teams that was was going to have a chance to win the Western Hockey League. And my oldest boy played came back and played a little bit in Alberta Junior Hockey League, and he's settled right now in Alberta, doing really well. And my youngest son Lane is still playing hockey over in Austria. He has his pass; has been there now for seven years. Oh, that's that's so so awesome. So. Um... You know, now we get into your coaching and, and people around here, you know, you know, the success that you had, uh, you know, with with the Broncos and, um, you know, your you, you know, you have a cup of coffee with the uh, with the Oilers. Who, who's a who's a coach that uh, Manny Viveros, you know, idolizes? Well, I, I still, you know, I still get back to uh, people who are so influential for me is, you know, Terry Simpson, Rook Wilson, um, you know, obviously how the game was played back then is so many different, but more importantly is I still take things of how they treated me. And that's how I wanted to, you know, that's how I wanted to treat their, my, my players. Like they were respectful, but also made, made you accountable. Um, I was very fortunate to uh, have a short period of time to work with uh, uh, Todd McClellan. Um, and also I had a short chance to work with uh, uh, Ken Hitchcock. And, uh, you know, as far as uh, winning records in, in National Hockey League, you look at both those guys, they're up there with anybody. And I was really, uh, you know, have an opportunity to learn from those guys also, too. And also European influence also, too. I've had, uh, you know, Swedish coaches before. I've learned, uh, you know, not just a North American style of it also, too, but I've had an opportunity to, to, to have a, an opportunity to see what it's like to be coached by a Swedish coach and also a Finnish coach also, too. And, uh, you know, taking little bits and pieces of every style of, of type of country how they play the game and try to implement that a little bit into the style that we play were you thinking about coaching at the end of your playing career no not at all uh we were uh, i was at 40 years old at that time i was still playing in austria and uh you know we had decided that at that my at the end of the year uh i probably would come home and done my career and i know my wife and the kids are always saying dad you know it says uh you know, at the end of your career, we, we want to get a dog. And I said, okay, when I'm almost done, we'll get a dog. So they came home with a dog. So I knew I was going to retire. <laughs> and so, um, but I ended up uh, in my 40 year old year, I ended up getting hurt and I couldn't finish out the season. And I had a problem with my neck and the doctor said, if you continue to play, uh, there's a good chance you can have some serious damage. So that was an easy decision to, to retire mid season. Um, but at that time, um, the team I was on, they had fired the coach and they had asked me if I would fill in intern for the last 10 games of the season. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And I did it. And we ended up winning uh, 10 games in a row. And uh, so they asked me next season, would you want to be the coach? And I said, listen, um, I said, if I'm going to do this, I said, I'm not going to do it for one season. I says, I want a commitment of five years for me and my family. And I want to be involved. I want to be on the management part of it or be the manager and also as a coach. They accept it. They, they accept it. And to be honest with you guys, um, I was 40 years old. I had a long career. And I thought I knew everything about hockey. I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing at all. I was, uh, I was really blindsided. Uh, and as far as the playing part, the game itself, I knew all that kind of stuff. But the, all the other stuff that's involved with coaching and, and everything else and dealing with uh, different types of players is being a player. All of a sudden, now you're a coach. Uh, was completely different, and I was so lucky uh, that I was able to uh, surround myself. One thing I said as I did that was smart was I brought in really good veteran uh, uh, players and that who knew the game and also helped me along the way with the team and stuff like that. And guys, I never even had to worry about 
guys like Andy Schneider, um, you know, longtime uh, legend in Swift Current, uh, scouting up the New York Rangers, guys like Jeff Shantz, uh, Mike Craig, uh, these type of guys coming in with NHL experience. And they were so helpful uh, as far as, you know, my message getting across to the other players and stuff like that. And they more or less, in a lot of ways, coach a team uh, for the most part, made me look smart. Eric Lindros told the best Mike Craig story, put the world juniors. That's it's funny that the Mike Craig, go ahead, Brandon. Sorry. I was just going to ask that obviously going to Swift current and how special that team is to that community. And Shane's from there. Barney and I have both briefly lived there, but it's, it's a special place and pretty special run there. Right. With the 2018 year and yeah. the run you guys had and Moose Jaw was really good that year. Regina was hosting. It was just a, it was a special run. A lot of things, uh, you know, went right that year for us too, but not just right. We had, we, we had a really good team. We had a really good team. And we, uh, uh, you know, that first year when I went there, uh, I thought we made some really good strides, uh, you know, and then the way we wanted to play and how we wanted to kind of change the style of how that team had played before and nothing against how they were before, but we had got some players at the time that are really coming at their own. And so we thought we could just kind of change some ways the way we played. And uh, we got a young Finn in, uh, Alexi Hepiniemi in there. Uh, Glenn Gordon was starting to come to his own. Uh, Tyler Steenberg, another kid that was just starting to come into his own also too. So we had a really good core team. Um, that first year, you know, we, we beat Swift, uh, Mooshaw. And then we ended up playing a Regina team. It was really strong. We took them from game seven. And then that next year, we felt that season probably about 15, 20 games in. So, you know, we've got a pretty special core here. Uh, so we had to decide what we wanted to do. So we know we're pretty good at the core, but we don't think we're going to be as, you know, if we want to make a run for it, we're going to have to change this team up. Somewhere. We knew Ushaw was going to be good. And we knew Regina was going to make up some big changes for them to get to the Memorial Cup, the host Memorial Cup. So we went all in and, we were fortunate enough, the guys that we brought in, the Stuart Skinners and the guys, uh, uh, the Matt Gennaro's and the Giorgio Estevans and uh, all these players that came in and, and made a major contribution to their hockey team. And that's, uh, you know, a championship I will never forget. But more importantly, I can remember just looking at these kids and, and how much pride and, and more importantly, the community, uh, like, my God, it was just, it was, it was, didn't matter where it was. It could have been like we're in Toronto. That's how much they celebrated and how much uh, uh, that meant to the whole organization. I don't know. It was like, you know, 30 some years later, I can't do the math, but the similarities, you, you must have, there must have been a few in your brain. The similarities from the small town Prince Albert and what they did. And then the same thing with Swifty, who's like the smallest market in the, in the Western Hockey League. Well, certainly, I, you know, it's one of those things like to a point where back in the 80s it was different. Maybe a smaller market team had not, uh, it wasn't as difficult to win. But I, I, I think it's, it's, there are challenges for small market teams now uh, to, to, to win nowadays. Um, you know, kids are not so openly to go to these small places. And, and you know, for instance, a place like Swift Current, um, you know, a lot of kids from British Columbia, it was tough getting those kids there. It's a long ways away. There's no airport. You had to go to Regina and then drive to there to fly there. And for a lot of these kids that are from British Columbia, that, that could be like three worlds apart from, from where they are at home. But I do know in the two years that I, I've been there, and then also that my assistant coaches, Brian Smith and, and Jamie Hewitt, they always told me, um, 
I said, once these kids get there, they never want to leave. And that was the case. The, uh, the, year that, the two years I was there, these kids absolutely loved playing in Swift Current. The community, uh, the facility, um, and the proximity of the travel and everything else, uh, they really embraced it and they loved it. You go to the Oilers uh, after that year as an, as an assistant coach. Um, it, it lasts one year. Uh, any regrets or, you know, no, no? You, you not, at, not at all. It was, it was a great opportunity. It was a great, you know, it's get to go back home uh, to where, you know, our home was and everything else and family and friends and stuff like that. Tough situation. There's no question about it. You know, they were, uh, Todd was throwing into a situation at that time where, um, you know, obviously we had to win and win real quick. And quite, quite frankly, we weren't good. We weren't good at all. It, it really wasn't a, a good hockey team. And, um, you know, and eventually they had to make a move and, and let Todd go. And they brought Ken in and, you know, Ken did it. They did everything they possibly can. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there's only so much you can do. And the, the team was just simply wasn't like How much pressure is, is on a, a young Connor McDavid then? Um, you know what? To have to see him um, every day at, at that age and Leon Dreisaitl, um, it's amazing how, you know, resilient and, and, and mentally strong these kids are um, to be in a Canadian market. You know, Edmonton, uh, you know, Calgary, Toronto, and those type of things. Um, they have to have such a good support group because the, the, these kids can't even go outside. Like in the city like Edmonton, you can't go to West Edmonton Mall. You can't go for dinner. You can't even go shopping. And, it, you know, for a young kid at that age to be able to deal with the weight of the city, so to speak, be overwhelming at that time. But I was so impressed of how they handled that and how they, you know, they came every day to work. And you knew they were going to be special. You know, they were special at that time, though. But the way they put their work in every day and how good they were and how hard they were, how hard they worked, they're, you know, they're both going to be Hall of Famers. So I've always wanted to ask this question to, to someone, and I just thought of it now, like, you – Guys like Connor McDavid, like, what do they do then? Like, I, you know, even I know myself, when you're playing in the Western League, like, say, in Seattle, you can go anywhere. No one knows who you are. No one cares. You can do whatever you want. You can go let loose, do whatever you want. What do, what do guys like Connor McDavid or Leandre, what do they get to do? As far as what, on the road at all? Well, or, no, even, or... even at home, like, how do they yeah. let loose? Like, they can't just go to the mall and go pick up a pair of jeans. No, I, I think, again, you got to have a real good support group, a good family, close, uh, you know, friends, uh, and you've got to do a lot of your stuff, uh, you know, within house or at your own place and stuff like that. It's, uh, but uh, maybe you've got places where they can go, where maybe, you know, restaurants will say, listen, you guys come on in, we'll, we'll take care of it. I'm sure that does happen. Yeah. Uh, it happens everywhere, you know. You know, being a superstar, no matter where it is, as far as being in, in, in Canadian cities or, or an American uh, being in a major city also too it's it's it comes with a lot of uh you know you know it's not easy you know it's yeah. a glamorous life they think it's great but it, it, it's certainly not easy connor's got a pretty nice pad he can probably just uh, <laughs> rotate <laughs> rooms well, i was i was gonna yeah. say it's, it's probably exactly like huey and henderson are in las vegas now right like they just <laughs> he can't go anywhere the poor guy <laughs> no no they 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 no, no, he gets a private uh, he gets a private escort to the rig every day. Uh, <laughs> look at that guy's head. Um, uh, before before we get into this part, maybe let's talk about you and Huey and the relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, fantastic guy. Uh, Brandon and I know him very well, and and what he's done, and you guys and Swifty, and then you you know you bring him to Henderson. Just the relationship you guys have, and what makes it so special. Well, you know what, I inherited him and Ryan Smith uh, out of uh, Swift Current. 
Um, and I didn't know anything about those guys, but I you know, sort of did my homework, but everybody told me both those guys, um, first and foremost, they're outstanding human beings and characters. That's, that's first and foremost for me, everything. And uh, we hit it off. And, uh, you know, certainly success certainly makes, uh, uh, you know, make things that, that much better, though. But, but our philosophies and how we want to play the game and how we work with the kids and how where we want to go as future as a, as a team and organization as we've current, uh, we hit it off and uh, discuss things all the time. And we, you know, had a relationship where where it just worked. And until this day, it still works. You know, he is uh, a way he does what he works with his defenseman. I let him do his job. You know, um, and but we communicate on everything as far as but but our philosophies and how we are and how we want to play the game uh, are outstanding. And more importantly, is I, I like how he works with and also with uh, with Ryan Smith also too. Is that I like how they communicate with the players. The players trust them and they all respect them. And that's more importantly, the most part is having respect and and they trust and it allows us to you know to tell to talk to these kids and. You know, tell them things sometimes they they need to hear instead of instead of they want to hear. When when he got when he got a chance to go on the bench uh, uh, for the Golden Knights <laughs> there throughout throughout COVID and that there was was he how close to shit in his pants was he? Do you remember that? Well, all I know is that there's a camera right across from us and he kept trying to get in line of the camera the whole time here, so he's trying to crowd the bench all the time. Me. Ellie McCrimmon had to keep moving over here like this. Don't worry, sis, there's enough cameras. You'll be fine. <laughs> we should have got him a Nooner, uh, some Nooner merch to, to wear but, for that game. But he did an outstanding job. That's the first time he's been on NHL bench during the game. And I've been on before. That guy was before the Oilers. But, they, you know, uh, and his his specialty is working with the D. So we let him work with the D. So you're working with Alex Petrangelo and, and Shea Theodore here. So there's some pretty good players here. And uh, he did a great job. Probably one of the most important moments in the two years we've done this podcast now. Um, and, and, you know, Shane and I are both 45, uh, you know, we're getting there. We, we know guys October, 2021, like, like take us through that Manny and, and, and uh, you know, the roller coaster of emotions and, and just everything that, that came about from that. Well, guys, it's, it's funny. It's not funny, but what we're doing today, um, you know, today, uh, uh, at 11 uh, 15 today i have my last treatment today and uh and uh i'm done and the doctor i met with my right on yesterday and he just said uh he says you know we're pretty, we're very confident you're cancer free congratulations, congratulations. Uh, yeah. thank you it, it's been a, it's been a long haul it has, there's no question it's been uh physically and emotionally it's been a long haul but you know also more it's been tougher on my family uh, my wife has been uh, I would I couldn't have done it without her. I, I really I could not have done it with the, with not the support of, of what she's you know been there for me and also my family and, and my boys. Um, they give you the strengths that sometimes when um, you know you just don't feel great all the time. And uh, but going back to last October, um, we just went in for a routine uh, uh, training camp at this time. Actually, a year ago today, uh, medicals. We went in and you go in and do a, a blood work. Uh, with the with the team and they do it's called the PSA test here in uh, in the states and mine came back it was it was quite high and they said we're going to do another test and they did and it was quite high and so it's okay we have to look at this and it came back positive for for um, came back positive for prostate cancer and uh, they were pretty concerned um, but I've been fortunate enough uh, you know to have real good care and and. The hockey world is so small. Uh, Trenyani is a great friend of mine. Um, 
and uh, he's working obviously with the Los Angeles Kings and uh, his trainer, uh, Chris Kingsley, everybody calls him Kinger, had prostate cancer too. And uh, he got Chris to reach out to me and Chris said to me, so listen, I'm going to get a hold of uh, some people in California, USC, and these guys are really good. And we're going to get you a chance to meet them. And uh, I was so fortunate enough to get into them. They took care of me, did the operation. They're, you know, pretty confident they got it all, they got the tumor out. And they said, we just have to do some follow-up uh, treatment, which we knew going in after all their radiation later on. And I uh, just finished that now. And uh, uh, yeah, hopefully everything is, uh, everything is going to be good. And they're, they're pretty confident. I'm so lucky they get that test. And if there's anything I can do, you know, uh, to, to anybody at over age 40, or even if you have a history in your family at age 30, get checked. My boys right now are going to get checked at 30 years old. So they're getting to that age now. If it's in the family here and gentlemen, I never felt nothing. Like I felt great. Like it really, I, my, you wouldn't have known it. Like I, I was something wrong with me. I keep myself in pretty decent shape. Uh, and it's something that uh, uh, just caught me off guard here, but I'm so thank, thank God that I was able to get checked and, and, and get the care. And, and hopefully it is beyond here. So, so Manny, I, I got to ask you this, right? Cause October, it, it comes back to PSA on that, on that test. Yeah. When was your your last blood work before that? Like it, there was nothing showing in in the years before. No, no, we never did that before the year before because of uh, we never did that the year before because we had because of the pandemic. So when we had the lockout year, the pandemic. There was no blood tests. No. So how many years? Of, like how many years of a gap between blood tests? Uh, guys, probably three with everything as far as that. Probably the last time was when I was in Edmonton, and then also Spokane, and then, and then you know, life gets in the way, and yeah. uh, I felt good. You know, wow. I, I felt really good, and why worry? And uh, thank God that I got it done. So. Yeah, no, that's a great, great message, right? And uh, yeah, I, I've got the history of my family, right? So every year, you, you know, you got to, you got to go and do it. So yeah. thanks for sharing that. Uh, with us, man, so much. Um, and I want to, I want to talk about Henderson, right? Like, uh, you know, what, what a place to be that rink that they built for you guys. If people don't know, like Henderson is basically just a suburb of, uh, Vegas, you know, I've golfed there all the time and all that. And, uh, you know, it, it must be such a thrill because now you guys are out of the, I think the Orleans where you guys were, and now you're into that, that facility is, is just something else. And that organization from top down, uh, seems like world-class. Yeah, you guys got to come down. You really do. You got to. Oh, you know, okay. You get both. You get, <laughs> okay. you get catch both games, uh, Golden Knights and us too. But the facility they have for us is 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 really outstanding. Probably, um, you know, from what I've seen so far in the American Hockey League, it, it's by far the nicest I've seen so far. And uh, Mr. Foley and and, uh, and George McPhee and Kelly, you know. They wanted to do it right, and they said we're not going to spare any expense for for these kids. We're going to do it right. It's going to be viable, um, even though like Henderson itself, we're like we're 15 minutes from from the strip, but it's its own uh, it's its own city, and they have their own you know their own city pride here. So we're 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 specifically the Henderson Silver Knights, and we're supported really really well here, and uh, you know it's an opportunity for us and these kids to. Uh, to you know, come to work every single day in a facility that, that arguably is as good as any NHL facility, too, especially our practice facility. Also, too, we have wow. two facilities they built for us, and we have the you know more or less 
anytime that we need ice or whatever it is, is it's, it's quite outstanding. It must be, there must be a lot of, uh, ties to coaching junior and coaching American league in the sense of you're trying to get players to the next level. Right. And being yeah. right there and seeing like, you know, Jake decision play quite a few games in the NHL this past year or whatever. It must be quite rewarding, just like WHL to the next level. It is, you know, and it's, it's uh, first, like, first, the thing is that I try to tell these guys, uh, the players are, we try to preach, uh, not preach, but we try to teach. That's what we're doing. We're teachers is, is that, you know, what a difference it is from from uh, from the CHL or college hockey to American hockey. Like, like, you know, your players are getting better and better at each level here. And one of the things that we want to do with, with with our players is that when we get them here, you may be a 50 or 60 goal scorer in the Western Hockey League, but that does not translate in the American Hockey League as a 50 or 60 goal scorer. You know, so when we get them with us here, we're trying to give them every opportunity to get to that next level here. So you may score 60 in, in, in junior. You may only score 25 or 30 in the American Hockey League, but from the American Hockey League to NHL, that's that next step. So you're not automatically going to score 25 or 30 goals here. So we're trying to polish and improve areas of their game that's going to give them the best opportunity uh, for them to go up and succeed. And, you know, for instance, if you go uh, a team like the, uh, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights where uh, their top six forwards up front are, are pretty set, it's pretty tough to get on that power play. You know, and you got some really good players when they're when they're healthy and even on their back end like that. So if you get an opportunity, how are you going to get yourself in the lineup? So we're going to say, listen, if you can penalty kill or you can be reliable in all situations, get your foot in the door. They maybe that that skill set will just flourish and, or, or flourish at the next level later on. Also, too, for an example, Jake decision, you know, Jake, uh, he came down in American Hockey League uh, and he concentrated on and, uh, being a, have a complete game. Uh, complete total pro student of the game. Uh, one of the easiest kids I've ever coached before, but puts the work and the effort in every single day and, you know, and concentrates on being responsible for what he does here. Had a really good offensive year last year in the American Hockey League, but did not necessarily translate to the National Hockey League, but he's got his foot in the door there now. The kids can play penalty kills and the coaches will trust him. And he's going to have a long career in the National Hockey League because of it. Is it? Does it happen in like in the AHL now? Because I can't. I think it's Palm Desert or Palm Springs. One of the two. They're 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 getting a team. Yeah. You know what you guys have in Henderson with that facility, the city, the weather, the no state tax. Like, is it becoming? Is it going to become a place? And you know where where people guys want to go play if they can if they can make that call. And I'm sure they. I'm sure you don't take many bus trips. Yeah, no, it's, it certainly is. I think anytime you get an opportunity to play in a city like this, especially our facility, um, it certainly entices a lot of players. If there's free agent players in American Hockey League and also the National Hockey League also too, it, it makes it that much easier. And it, it, quite honestly, guys, it, it doesn't make a difference. Even at the National Hockey League level, you know also too, it's, there, there's a, it's tougher for the Canadian cities a lot of times to bring these players in if they can make the same money and have better tax, uh, uh, you know, exceptions in the States, you know, the state tax here is really good or also in Florida too. So, and, and the weather does certainly make a difference. If you go to work, uh, if you go to work in shorts every day, it, it's pretty, it's quite nice. It, it is quite nice here too. So, um, but having said that though, uh, being a home team here too, does have an advantage too, because we kind of think maybe we have between four to six points a year, uh, that possibly we're going to get points because the team's been hung over from the night before. So it's, uh, <laughs> we're hoping. Uh, oh, that's uh, that. 
And for sure, you, you gotta you gotta think that. Um, how we uh, how we end these, Manny, is just uh, some quick kind of rapid fire questions. So uh, a lot of the questions are are pretty quick, and uh, we'll let Shaner uh, Shaner lead it off. Favorite, uh, I guess, road place because you played in Europe too. So like, re- favorite road city barn, I guess, uh, that you like to go to. Oh, you know what? Short time in the National Hockey League, uh, uh, Chicago. I thought Chicago was an incredible city. Um, I, I had a chance to play in the old uh, Chicago Stadium a long time ago, which is one of the most intimidating places. But that's, the city itself and that stadium also is incredible. Favorite WHL barn you loved playing in back in the day? Oh, it's got to be the Kinderplex. It's, it's uh, Art Hauser. That's There's nothing better than that. Craziest thing? That you've seen in Vegas or Henderson since you've been there, just <laughs> oh. driving or. <laughs> wow! Well, oh, geez, uh, the driving. Actually, my wife's right over here, like guys. She just went like this. The driving. Um, there's no rhyme or reason, guys. Um, there's people from all over the place, from different states and stuff like that. And I think everybody that comes here has never had a license before. There's <laughs> absolutely no rhyme or reason. It, it's it's. I like to drive fast, but it's white knuckle. It really is here. It's it's, it's not. It's like this the whole time here. It's uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's not fun. One of my best friends lives there, and he when it snows, at like the odd time, right? And yeah. uh, and he's just like, oh, it's shanky. You have no idea how gross this is. Even if it rains, people it, people have a hard time when it rains here. They get quite slippery and stuff like that. <laughs> Every day they call them car wrecks. There's five or six. Yeah. Um. Most uh most underrated teammate of all time. Oh, geez, that's a lot. Of- lot of uh, players um a lot of guys would probably say you like if we're interviewing them right thank you very much i appreciate that i i, I have to go to a guy named uh, tony grenier uh, tony uh you know he was a major part of uh our memorial cup hockey team tony could score but tony wasn't you know the guys that they looked at as far as trying to shut down with Danny Hodge and Dave Pazine to the Ken, uh, uh, Ken Morrison's, but Tony was that second tier guy who still put up 60 goals a year, but he was instrumental in us winning. And I'm just one of the guys who went about his own business and, and worked hard and uh, never really probably got all the limelight that some of the other guys got. What about like they say, teachers don't have favorite students, but you mentioned your kind of teachers when you, we're coaching. We'll go with the WHL. Is there any like model students or any model players where you look back and like that guy was just, uh, you know, I'm sure you had a lot of good ones, but a guy that stands out. Uh, Glenn Godden. Uh, Glenn Godden. Uh, he was a, uh, a, you know, our captain at Swift Current. And uh, he, uh, you know, he, for me, he kind of willed our team to win those, those uh, get to the finals, win the finals. And we won, won against some pretty good hockey teams. And he is by far, you know, the best player on, on the ice from, from both teams. He, he's an outstanding young man and a silent leader, but the determination he had. And another guy in Spokane I also had too, kids like Adam Beckman, Jeff Finley were also good. Uh, uh, Tyler Steenberg and uh, Alexei Hemiemi, um, you know, young kid from Finland, came in, uh, you know, small kid also too but his his, his skill set and his desire and his his compete was is quite impressive to watch what's uh what's your wife's first name Lori. what's what's Lori's favorite thing about living in uh henderson and las vegas the weather the weather <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought maybe shopping okay weather weather's weather weather's good um, craps table well, let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah where's 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 the spot where do you guys go in henderson what's what's close there when you got when you want to chuck a few uh loon dogs down 
Well, you know what? We, there's a place called Green Valley Ranch, and it's right by where the Dollar Loan Center is. Where it's about about 15 minutes from, from where we live. We live co- closer. I don't know if we're going to closer to Lake Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, nice golf right, there. Oh, it's a great spot, uh, South Shore and Reflection Bay. You come down, I'll, I'll take care of you. Uh, I, I, I'm there. Spot. I'm there lots, Manny. So I'm gonna hold. <laughs> yeah. Bite your Are tongue, we, Manny. Bite your tongue. Yeah. How does we moving good. in? How does yeah. Huey not invite us? golfing and then this you know wow it's that's amazing and then uh my last one when better you, make uh, the spare bed in the basement <laughs> uh, i got enough comps i waste enough money there um what uh when you come back to canada what's the one thing you have to have maybe it's something to eat something to drink what's the one thing that you miss uh when you're down there oh caesar um uh, more i love having a caesar it's, it's tough to get one down here like that um just you know for us is you know it's nice here, but home's home, home's yeah. home, and it's uh, it's something that we always look forward to get back as much as possible, stuff like that. But there's one particular thing I can't really say, but it's uh, it's it just you know, yeah. Canada is is quite honestly, guys, the best place in the world. Hey man, this, is, uh, this was so good. Like, uh, thank you so much, and uh, congratulations on uh, on the last treatment and uh, and everything. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we're rooting for you up here. Awesome, guys. I appreciate that. Pleasure. Thanks, Manny. Thanks, Thanks, Manny. Guys, take care. Why wouldn't a guy? Interview wrap up. Manny Viveros. Of course, uh, a lot of us would have known him from his days in the Western Hockey League. I didn't really know much about Manny until he was coaching Swift Current when I was kind of taking in a lot of dub games. But obviously, a legend in uh, PA. I was looking it up actually the other day in terms of Prince Albert Raider all time scoring. I think he's top three or top five. That Hodgson oh, wow. is, is number one, but Manny's like maybe might even be number two. Awesome guy, really fun to talk to. Yeah, he was a good guy. And congrats yeah. to him getting rid of that yeah. cancer bullshit. That's unreal. That's awesome. I was getting into it with Kelly Taylor at Elk Ridge about him, and Kelly Taylor said he should have his jersey retired. Um, and just how you know much of a legend he is in Prince Albert as a raider. Um, he uh third all time. Wow. They're all time, not even close to Danny Hodgson. Impressive. Got four hundred ninety-three points. Number two, Jeff Nelson. Yeah, played a lot of games. He played two hundred eighty. Manny third all time in PA Raider scoring, ahead of your boy Medano. Played about an extra eighty games, but Corvette. Retire, retire his jersey. Corvette and PA in the winter. That should get him. That should get his jersey hung in the rafters, just right there. That he drove that thing around in the winter up there. <laughs> I loved, uh, yeah, loved a great interview. And the interview wrap up is for 2020 Geo Maddox. If you got a hockey rank that's going to be condemned soon, call up the boys. <laughs> the boys, they'll tell you. If you need so, a round of golf, call Boz. Take you. I don't know if you knew this, Barry, but he used to be a member at the Royal until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I did know with that. the old Billy Baroos. He, uh, yeah, I, I went golfing with him and Stefan. Man, we went in for a pint or two after, and everybody was just happy to see him in the old Larkin Lounge. He's life of the party type guy. But yeah, him and I were partners against two rusty shovel guys, and uh, we took it to him. Old Stefan was struggling. He had a couple of uh, triples, an X on one hole, and this guy's like a three <laughs> three handicap. But uh, A loose three, I hear. Never heard. Yeah, it's funny. I, never, I think I, I never screwed that up. It. Stefan was my partner. <laughs> Oh, we took money off of Malcolm, and uh, so who was shitty? Malcolm's brother-in-law. Uh, Malcolm was shitty, but nice guy. 
gonna and say because I never hear I never hear Stefan's stories. I couldn't even remember shitty. who my partner was. <laughs> You're high. I was rolling them in early, making pars, and then I got some pops, obviously. And then Stefan made four birdies on the back, got Ooh. hot. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Malcolm, Shane, you'll like this. He texted me after. He said, thanks for today. It was fun, even though you ran Rick Shaw on us. <laughs> Might have said I've seen that coming, but we'll collab on some D-Gen curling bets. I keep my cards pretty close to my vest chest. And I said, <laughs> it's a mute point. <laughs> He's a beauty. Hardcore Nooner such listener. Such a beauty. So. We're we're gonna once once we get this board fixed here. Like I said, we are gonna go do some live, live shows, stuff and uh, we got to have him come and just uh, tell some stories and, and jump on. But back to the to the real business. Twenty twenty geomatics. If you need any uh, land surveyed, chopping up land, anything like that in uh, in and around Saskatchewan, they're gonna come down help you out. Real good guys and girls. Uh, I'm not gonna pull the wool over your eyes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Malcolm Vanstone and the team at twenty twenty geomatics. Yeah, give yourself some time. He likes to talk, but but about likes to chat. Yeah, he's a good guy. Right before we get into senior hockey talk, let's go to tirade. Do you have one? Because I do. Give her. I tirade. always like yours. Tirade. <laughs> I'll let you one of you guys do the the sponsor read. On high this tech, high tech profiles. profiles. Yeah, metal metal fabricating. Anything yeah. you need metal fire pits. Don't let's don't fire sleep pits. on the fire pits. We should get we should get a few more done up and give them away. So we should maybe do talk to Trent Meyer. His kid his kid plays uh double A yep. with your kid, right? Well not Myers, are they on the same team? Myers and uh Steve's kid are the two best uh PBAA goalies. Yeah. You have to send the invoice to his kids hockey. He's kind of a weapon. He is a weapon. Yeah, those both those kids are are really good goalies for U13. Um, yeah, Saskatoon and Regina. Anything you guys need, metal. Basically, they can do it all. So high freaking tech profiles. We love them. Thanks for coming back on, boys. Okay. Uh tirade. I and it this isn't just a Regina thing. But for the love of Gord, can we not synchronize lights? Is it that difficult <laughs> to synchronize freaking lights on Louvain? So... I understand that there's traffic going in both directions, but how do other cities do it? Like, are we just, is our give a shit meter at zero? And then Victoria Avenue in downtown Regina, because I got to drive downtown every day for work. If I, if I hit Vic, not only did they put a light every fucking 20 yards, now they don't sink. So it's like, oh, green light, yellow light. So you got you got people speeding through downtown. It's like counterproductive to what you wanted with the lights. But the Louvain ones drive me insane. And you know who they drive insane? My kids. They're like, what's with all the lights? Why do they? And I'm like, I don't understand it. Does anyone have any education here on the uh, the three of us on why lights aren't synchronized? But I, and the other thing is, yeah, I don't know. And then you'll have someone like pull up off of like first Avenue North, like the, the one car there is like, <clears throat> you're in the middle of like rush hour traffic. The one car pulls up, everything goes red. So that one car can go like, make oh. the car stay and just wait. Isn't that the worst? God. It's like if you're going down a side street and you get to a major intersection, you can wait five minutes. Like if you're in a major city, you know, you're waiting for a long you're, time. You're waiting. Nope, but in freaking Regina, I think Saskatoon's just as bad. Like Ottawa used to be freaking horse shit too. It's like, yeah, tirade. Get your fucking get someone that can synchronize lights. Hire someone from 
another city then to come in and look at our garbage. It's almost I, bad as the. Sorry, go ahead, boss. No, you go. It's almost as bad as the turning lane trying to get the rugby field on Saturday morning. You got to get there for a flag football game, and it lets three cars go through. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to make this show all about Regina because we have listeners from all over. But here is another thing. Here is another. Fuck, I'm go. I'm hot on this one. <laughs> have you guys ever spent a lot of time at Libel Field or the track, like the Canada Games track? Awesome uh, facilities. Yeah, it is nice. Like they're awesome facilities. They but. made it so you have to drive through oh, yeah. a freaking residential area to it's, get yeah, there. It's a bad setup. No stop that way. I don't. Why in the hell wouldn't you build a lane? You had nothing but room off Ring Road. Yeah, you can a go right on into ramp. it. You I have know. nothing but room. Why so wouldn't easy. you build an off ramp there? No, we're gonna send people through fucking a residential area or through that Candy Cane Park, Wascana Park, where you can go like twenty kilometers an hour. Like, because who in the right mind, because the Regina Council wants to get take away your cars and make them all electric and take away all your furnaces and make everything electric in the city and Kinda no bags, nice and green. Oh pens. my god, well, like, I should go to Prince Albert. They they got roads smooth enough you can drive a Corvette, no complaints yeah. up there in winter. In winter, ruts and all. I don't even know if the lights mean anything in PA, to be honest with you. It's just <laughs> go just when you feel buzz. go when you feel like it. They're just optional go. reds, they're just optional. go. <laughs> But anyway, there's my tirades. Syn- can somebody, somebody enlighten us on why you can't synchronize freaking lights on a main or main road like Louvan or Idlewild in Saskatoon. Secondly, let's get a company. Maybe the Monday Nooner can sponsor it. Let's get a freaking turning lane into Douglas Park or whatever the hell that. No, into you know where I'm talking about. Libel Field Offering Road. That would Trent just make Meyer, sense. Trent Myers probably agrees with you, so he'll love this one. High tech profiles. I'm hot. It's good. Love it. High tech profiles. There you go. Let's talk some uh, senior hockey. Senior hockey soiree brought to you by Great Western Brewing. Saw old uh, one of their reps at the Pats game. They had a little, uh, they were doing some two for one pints before the game. So I had a couple GWs on tap at the old Brant. But uh, yeah, hockey teams sign up for this deal. Actually had a guy back uh, in the neck of the woods I'm from message me on the weekend and ask about the deal. So I said, uh, I'd get them in, in contact with the GW rep and they could discuss. Need to talk to those guys about how many senior teams they had last year. And we got to make sure that we get more, more teams supporting locally made beer this season. So Great Western's making huge strides in Manitoba and the Calgary area. So the Verdon Oil Kings messaged us. How does uh, how does a team in Manitoba get hooked up? I've said no problem. So Verdon's um, on the list. Nice. And then we had uh, another one come in, in in the next few days. I don't know what team they're from. And then you had your buddy. I had another guy ask me about it through my DMs. Um, it's starting to – so how it is, it's like you're going to be drinking beer anyway. You buy GW products. You save your receipts. You get a kickback. And destroy. And if your team is good, they're going to buy you the uh, hoodies, championship hoodies like they bought some of the teams this year. And can – can we release it? it? They did land. Do it. So I was, I was just going to say it. You okay. showed me it the other day. We can release this. Great Western Brewing, 10,000 coasters. Monday nooner, 016 coasters have landed in the province. So your small town senior hockey bar, if they promote GW and they're into senior hockey, they're going to be taking those out there. So you, And it's got the nice QR code. You can just yep. scan it right Beauty. to the pod. Great. Thanks so much to everyone at Great Western Brewing. Like freaking it's 
how yeah, about if you, the nooner? If you don't see them at your pub, ask your pub why they don't uh, don't have a better tie-in with Great Western, right? Local, local company. Actually, at this wedding I was at, I was chatting <laughs> with a gal who is the uh, the only, I think, the only bartender at Willie's in Foam Lake. Got the night off to go to this wedding, and we were chatting about the Foam Lake Flyers. And she's like, "When they beat Drake, they were in there like five days in a row at Willie's, like Guzzle. open to close every single day." Weapons. So big G, big G, beat GW place too. Are you happy to see me, or is that a bun in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> I actually dropped that line at the wedding <laughs> twice. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I just thought of it. yeah. Yeah, no, uh, thanks to Great Western Brewing. And uh, yeah, they're back on, bigger, better than ever. And yeah, get into the senior hockey. Where do you want to start this? Well, I just got a, a few different things from a few different leagues I was going to mention. Don't have all the leagues sorted out by any stretch. In the next uh, month, we'll have our senior hockey season preview show because it's less than a month for some leagues. But uh, Big Six, the Working Man's League, the Southeast, 11 teams this year. I believe they were at nine last year. So two new teams returning, Arcola and Kipling. Nice. GB. Working Man's League. Yeah. Batter's got the team fired up there. So that's awesome to see new teams uh, joining. On the flip side of that, the Sask West Hockey League held their meetings. They released their schedule, actually. Macklin looking to uh, defend this year. They have eight teams again. Same as last year. Looseland Mallards were on a one-year leave of absence. They announced that uh, that absence will continue, which is tough. You always hate when these teams take a leave because I know how hard it can be to come back once you get to that point. But, uh, yeah. What what have you heard? uh, Anything new on the Crake Warriors? Because last time we were saying they had had one more meeting with the judge for the Sask Valley for the Champions League. Yeah. And then, skill. and then they're talking about uh, someone's talking possibly about the long lake. And I think that's just, uh, you know, I, I feel like Craig is that guy that, that kind of got dumped by two girls. And he's like, no, no, I got these, I got numbers. Like yeah. I, I'm hooked up yeah. here on the weekends. I got, I got action here. I got action there. At the end of the day, they got no action. No action. You know, it's funny though. They're talking about their full rebuild, how they're going to have this wagon. Like they're talking about how awesome their team's going to be. <laughs> they and have no place to play. As a last show, they don't have anywhere to play. I know they uh, apparently are getting Kenton Dooley, Troy Brower. <laughs> is this is this real? Blair Jones, <laughs> Matt Delahay, <laughs> full rebuild. According to some sources out in uh, Craig, they mean Kelly Taylor. Must be Kelly Taylor out there for a freaking fundraiser, getting you rank. Yeah. So they said the Long Lake wants them. It's like, yeah, it's like that's uh, what I mean. It's like in Billy Madison when Chris Farley's like Veronica Vaughn. Veronica got it on. No, you didn't. didn't. Well, a buddy of mine. No, 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 he didn't. (laughs) That's Craig. (laughs) Well, I, I, I feel like. Yeah, signing Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane next year too. I I really hope for you know senior hockey that they find a place to play. Hundred percent. But oh, I don't. Yeah. I, oh, and then I heard the, another rumor was the the Highway League, the Super League, was going to take them. And that's yeah, that's just 
Is that going to happen? Or starting rumors about them? themselves. Craig to Belcaris, that's a haul. Or Craig to anywhere in the Valley, or some of those teams in the Valley and the Long Lakes going to yeah, do Yeah, that's a long drive. Craig's like the Manti Teo of uh, <laughs> senior hockey teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a girl. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, it's uh, <laughs> nah, hopefully they find uh, they find a suitor. Oh, that's uh, good. Hey, oh, Mydale. What's what are the what's that new? It would be a midget team this year. Big Mydale doing. Heard anything about them? Bantam crop coming up, I guess. <laughs> There'll be midgets this year, midget players this year. Uh, so we we got this we got this Tristan Hackle guy up uh, up north in the real working man's league, the Twin Rivers. Uh, he's like the Dickie Dunn of the uh, the the league up there. And update, 12 teams up there. I don't know if we've mentioned this one. I don't think we have. 12 teams, Hanley and Canistano. We're going to east and west divisions, split down the river. Cudworth, Clavette, Birch Hills, Shelbrook, Canistano, and Allen on one side. Hanley, Rostern, spelt Rostern, awful. Dalmany, Hag, <laughs> Beardies, and Waldheim. Uh, Warman is moving to Beardies, and they're calling themselves Willow Creek Chiefs. We knew about that. That's fantastic. 12 teams in that league. Yeah. That's uh, a great league. Going down to a 16-game season instead of 18. Home and home with the teams in your division, and three home and three away against the other six teams. Good on the uh, everyone involved there with all those teams getting this league up to 12 teams the twin rivers yeah so uh we'll be following that league and thanks again uh, to tristan for jumping on and sending us that info okay so as we're on here i've just heard back from one of my insiders in regards to the uh crake warriors so as of as we record this the wheatland hockey league still thinks crake might be back with them Nobody knows what they're doing. Apparently, they've got a meeting with the Sask Valley on October 2nd, which is this Sunday. So that's like the one more last chance, I guess, their chance to uh, <laughs> wine and dine the execs of the Sask Valley. Um, so apparently, still undecided on Crake in terms of the Wheatland. No Nakem this year. Vikings are out. Otherwise, uh, looks pretty similar to last year. Jansen not around. Um and apparently they did some rule tweaking because they did have a rule with certain amount of guys that were go elite to, played junior, to, junior A or two higher. Pucks. Two yeah. pucks, half and, uh, ice, two, two half ice. Are back. They're going to play on Saturday mornings, half ice, and uh, <laughs> do a round robin. <laughs> is um, he is Strasburg playing anywhere this year? I don't think. I, I think senior hockey is uh, could be a thing of the past. Unfortunate. I think they got to fix the roof. Well, I think that's done. I I got high tech. They told me uh, some guys told me out at the old fishing tournament there that they were buzzing again. They're going to have a team. Really? The old maroons are coming back. Yeah. So I don't know. First, I'd heard of it, so I, I just didn't know if you guys heard anything yet or not. Yeah. So have you heard anything about the highway league in in general, other than Craig putting out floaters? I heard a, a rumor. And this might have been the whiskey talking. It was just mm. the tequila talking. Good song. Um, that uh, Balcaris was thinking about taking a leave of. Huh? Really? Really? Pocket Java's trend. Pockets. Dry. 
Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't think that's that's legit. I think it was just someone just trying to trying to jap a bit. But um, yeah, send us send us because it's it's that time of the year. I saw Russ Nielsen was sitting row one at the Ryder game Monday nooner hat right below the Ryder bench. I think he's uh, running things back with Bethune this year. Loyal, loyal guy, loyal I, guy. I saw uh, Bethune. They they don't tweet much. They have the the clubhouse lead for tweet of the year already. <laughs> there was that kid in Kenya that was oh, playing yeah. roller hockey. And it was unreal. And I think the tweet was like something like Russ get him or whatever first line. (laughs) No, it was opens Twitter. Monday nooner from notification. Meh. Another Amber alert. Meh. Wayne Glensky of Kenya. Russ, I found our new number one center. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's pretty good. That was good. Yeah. So um let's get into the other to the to the Assiniboia. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, boy. That is the big news that's ruffling feathers, especially on CBC would have eaten this up. Ugh. CBC's probably got a truck down there. The mobile unit <laughs> on activated. Route. Get yeah. to Assiniboia to talk about a senior hockey team logo right now. And and they're just gonna be eating this up. I'm actually surprised it didn't. Uh, how did it get by? Like, how did that pass the? Because I know when I was like looking at the league champions and stuff, I'm like, is that their? Is that their logo? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I, I, this is like, just the way I am, and I'll get judged for it. But I typed in Assiniboia Rebels on Twitter, like search, and there was a tweet from a guy like six years ago, and it was a picture of their logo in the program. Like, might be time to update this. Like, it's not 18. 18- Oh yeah, I, that's tough. Look. I saw the new rink and what they've done in the room and all that, and that's where I was like, "How did that pass any eyeball test in yeah. the last five years?" Yeah, and I'm or like, more. "Oh, oh, oh. Um, it's on the ice and it's on the roof of their their room." And of course, the CBC thing is like a big push that half the money was raised by the government. It's like, how do you let this happen? Which I kind of get. I'm not going to. It's probably time, fellas. It's probably time for the old bait and switch. Yeah, definitely is in this. Yeah, the way things are, you got to move it. But oh, my God, talk about garbage timing for them. Sticks and gasp just went down. (laughs) What are they going to have? They're going to have like they're going to run to Torchy and get some. uh, New practice. They'll get ice pilot knockoff yeah. uh, jerseys to wear. <laughs> Stealing them out of the kids' bags. Oh, that's just. It was a tough look. So, what are they going to change the name? I don't know the because name. they've you got to change the logo. They've got a third jersey that's just a a blue jersey with a big orange R. It actually nice looking tarp. Right. Uh, and their minor hockey is also called the same name, but luckily they don't wear those. In minor hockey, they've made that change, but um, yeah, we like our team Moose Jaw. But uh, time for the old bait and switch, fellas. Yeah, it's just it, it's too bad they got to do something. You probably rip up that ice now, right? That's not cheap. <laughs> Get a new logo. In it just cover? went. The ice can just you, went in this weekend because they had the concert. That with, up. I think the ice just went in yesterday because they had the concert with Moss Kluke there on Saturday. It was the grand opening? Can was like two Saturdays head? ago. Yeah, can you get like a massive blowtorch and just melt that part and then build it back up? 
I don't know how they put how do they put it in? Like it's that it like jet paint? ice. You get it from out of Toronto at the logos, most places. And and they're not that expensive. Why like, when they ordered that was jet ice, not like is this, is this over <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, somebody uh, at jet uh, ice is would have just um, scratching their head. Okay, well, this is what they ordered, Tom. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, no, that's what they got. Like, are you hey. it must be a mistake? No, no, we're good. Okay. Ship it out. Look what these guys in Saskatchewan are putting <laughs> in their ice. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. Tall and double job. check. Yeah, Team Moose job. Oh, well, still love you. Yeah, follow the story. Uh, anything else? Senior soiree for Great Western Brewing and original sixteen. Besides uh, getting in on the on the beer deal. No, teams. When you have your league meetings, like I think I said last show, maybe your schedule comes out or. You have confirmed teams or whatever, let us know so we can let people know there's a lot of uh, listeners who live in other parts of the province that are still into it. So share with us and we'll spread the word and look forward to uh season preview and good year to come. hundred teams. Down, let's go. People down South. It's uh it's crazy. Okay. Take a seat, son. Let's go for the rusty shovel. We've talked enough about Sean Stefan and his uh, amazing golf game, but rusty shovel is the uh, place to get all your landscaping. It's late in the season. But you can still get those jobs done, and you freeze up all that time in the spring uh, when the when the days are a little bit longer. Or get your stays up. Get your plans made now, right? Get some yeah. pictures. Get a quote. Say, Stefan, I want to do this in the spring. What do you think? Can you get this uh, ordered up? Told me that he sold one of those thingamajiggers the other day too. That uh, that he little sold track, one. Track. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I saw it. It's unreal. Pretty cool. With the bucket and the thingamajigger. Thing. Yeah, sold one. So, wow. They got like a couple locations, right? They got their distribution center and then their uh, main office. They're doing some good work. He's also doing, uh, he's also maybe possibly doing some sprinkler blowouts or whatever you call them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've never really got into that, but he said this year he's going to take on some of those jobs. So if you need a guy, we know a guy. Diversifying. We know a guy. Getting into anything. Okay, take a seat. You got to have one of those. I got one, buddy. Uh, I talked a little bit about it at the start. I'm going to get into it a little bit deeper. Me and you talked about it the other day. But, like, it. when is enough enough? Like, when is it time in this day and age to just say, we're going to get rid of some dinosaurs here. We're going to, you know, we're going to bring in some new blood and make a new program for hockey tryouts. I got to bring it back up. Because, like, Normie J and those guys, good guy. He's got his guys evaluating but like these drills that they did the other day that me and barney watched you have some kids and i mean it's a bit of evaluation right? so some some girls are really really good and some girls can't even skate like i mean can't even move this is their first time they've ever been on ice awesome so great that they're there but how do you do a two-on-one how do you do two-on-twos how do you evaluate like it's just it's absolutely ridiculous some of the stuff that they did and uh, yeah, they got to take a seat. Like they got to reevaluate, and, and and it's time for a change. Like, why didn't they bring Strushi in when he was he was doing nothing? He was hanging out at the rink. They, why didn't they say to him, "Hey, Strushi, you come in. Why don't you revamp the program yeah, for us?" That's like he would have been. It would have been a perfect opportunity. Great point. But they, that's not how it works, right? It's an old boys club there, and uh, it's just we need some change. Good, good one. Uh, mine is, uh, you assholes that are at sporting events or concerts or evangelist gatherings, whatever, where you have to walk <laughs> through an aisle 
and you don't say, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. You just get up and you walk like the person's supposed to get up. At least give an excuse me. That is so rude. I hate it so much. Like I had a football game with Roman. Uh, U of R Rams Husky game. Amazing football game, by the way. And these, these same guys. So finally I didn't move. And I said, Oh, do you mean, excuse me? And the guy was like, yeah, I'm trying to get through. And I'm like, well, have some courtesy. Rome's liked it. And I said, never be that guy. Never be that fucking bomber jacket wearing loser right there. <laughs> oh, take say, a seat. Unless it's a 22 fresh bomber jacket. No, this guy Anywhere. had like the leather bomber jacket that you would see at a pawn shop. Okay. Pawn shop leather guy. Yeah. Oh, blazer. Have you, you worked downtown. Have you seen trench coat young guy with the hair slicked back? And uh, you did a while back, you said he's always wearing a suit. No, there's actually like a young guy who wears. Have you seen him? He walks with a he walks with a cane. He's like 20 years old, does not need a cane because he was walking without the cane. Like Mr. Peanut? Like he's trying to be like a pimp or something. Have you haven't seen him outside? Uh, No, there's a ton of weirdos, man. There's a ton of weirdos downtown, though. I avoid downtown like the plague. Mainly because of the lights, the untimeliness of the lights. <laughs> but I actually don't go downtown hardly at all. But it could I, be yeah. so good. It could be so good. Uh, I saw a lady washing clothes in Scar Street in the walk, like the walking, the, the no vehicle part there. I yeah, saw yeah. a lady washing clothes in a puddle the other day. Well, you got to get her done. Washing clothes in a puddle. And like, okay, if, Why if do you they walk over to the, the city, like a. You got visitors, people from other towns. Like, you got to clean this stuff up. That's a reflection on all of us. Is there like a pond over by City Hall she could have done with like cleaner water? That's kind of sad, actually. Throw some soap in there. Yeah. How about Rib yeah. Fest, though? How many baby yeah, backs? Great. Baby back, baby back, baby back. On your smoker, on your smoker, you can get down at Arctic Spas. You can make unreal baby backs. So oh, I'm going to save my take back. of seats for two weeks from now. Oh, really? You're going to pile I'm gonna keep them, them close to my uh, stockpile. Proverbial best. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. That was take a seat sent for Rusty Shovel. Uh yeah. And just uh, you know what? We gotta uh well before we get into the to the deep cut here, Last Mountain Distillery, the new whiskey. It is good. Boys are supposed yeah. to bring me some today. I don't know if they did. Fantastic job to uh Brandon. Yeah, we gotta start getting our uh our monthly drops, uh Braden. By the way, oh, and the Lumsden Monarchs were skating like three weeks ago. They had to skate. I sent you guys a picture. They almost kids. skated as much as Pelters kids. <laughs> almost. They they were firing, ripping pucks. They looked not bad. So yeah, uh, Last Mountain Distillery, the only local distillery using all local products and employing local people, based in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. Support them the next time you're at the. Uh, your liquor store of your choice. The new whiskey is good, and I'm telling you, they're gin. I'll put it up their gin against anybody. I heard that the Narcs got a couple big signings too. Actually, I heard uh, that Liam Brennan. You remember him? Yeah, his kid was the one licking the glass when we did that senior <laughs> game on Access. Yeah. I think he's actually done. I think does he work at Last Mountain? No, I don't think no. so. But his kid was licking the glass there. Apparently, he's a good player. He's done. I've heard he shut her down. Eh? He was a goalie, I, right? No. No, he was not a goalie. No, I don't I think he go... played that game. He was hurt. Or... Oh, he was hurt. Right. I would go back to Lumsden and do a game this year on Access. That was yeah, fun. Absolutely. That was a lot of fun. Nice and that close. Was good. Yeah. Double yeah, lane. 
Uh, did we miss anything, boys? Mainline GM, boys. Mainline Rosetown title sponsor. Visit them in Rosetown, Saskatchewan. Uh, a lot of good deals going on, new and used. Um, thanks to all the sponsors for coming back. We do have a couple of spots for the senior show. If you're looking to sponsor, reach out. Go ahead. New new promotion this week. Buy the new 2023 Acadia Denali. Get a free Nooner hat at uh, time of purchase if you tell us. If you listen to this, buy Denali. Take a picture with it. Message us. We'll send you a hat. Limited time only. And yeah, very limited. <laughs> Brandon will give you tips on wedding bun, buffets. Bun and, bun and pocket guy. Wedding, big wedding buffet guy. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Diggory, do. Did you take that pork. suit to a freaking dry cleaner, though? Because it's going to happen again. It's going, to, bi- it's going to Busy B before the Lumsden Senior bee. game. Before we're back on Access, it's going uh, to Busy B. I'll air. send Spencer from Access the bill. I'll get a haircut before then. <laughs> Lloyd Floyd Christmas over there. <laughs> All right, right fellas. Let's deep cut and get out. Yeah, what's tight. up? What do we got? All right. Deep cut. Brandon's really going to like this one. Played it the other day. Totally forgot about it. Keith Whitley. Miami, Miami. The King. George Strait. What song, though? Is it actually a deep cut? It's a deep cut. Uh, I think you got me. 80 proof bottle of tear stopper. You got me onto this song. When the credits roll. Yeah. Oh, so good. Here's a good tune. See you on the 15th. Check there. And I'm Vanessa. Yes, you are. I played the rebel teenager, the mysterious stranger, the wild child on the run. I've been the college dropout, the commitment cop-out, the coming home prodigal son. It feels kind of like a movie, makes me wonder what I'm going to see. When the credits roll and the show is over and I see all the parts I played, get a glimpse of my soul up on that screen. I only hope I can say I was a little less villain and a little more hero. When the credits roll.